This is Free Talk Live. It is the Friday edition, and we're kicking off hour number one. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features you'll find there because they are completely free. That is, again, freetalklive.com. As, again, we kick off the uh, Friday edition, we have an, a special guest host with us tonight. Very the special. third Ooh, man on special. the show. <laughs> His name is uh, Eric Scott. Hello. And Eric, welcome to the program here Thank tonight. Thank you very much. Talk Live. We're glad to have you here. You actually are actually honored to be here. Thank you. Well, um, I, you know what? I found you locally here in Keene, New Hampshire. You are on the air in the afternoon, not really afternoon drive. I guess it's middays. Oh, midday, yeah. You're middays. Yep. Uh, not rush middays, but before rush right. kind of middays. Ten, 10 to noon, yep. And you do a, a libertarian show here yes. in Keene, New Hampshire. And so I, I may be the last one. On, on commercial radio in New Hampshire. No, I, I don't know about that. There's Gardner Goldsmith up in uh, the New London area. Oh, yeah, he's that's a friend right. of ours, yeah, too. He's so. a nice guy. Yeah, we're going to have him in here on Monday night. So it's kind of like I'm just sort of collecting all of the libertarian <laughs> talk show hosts in the area. i got to say, Eric, I'm a fan. I listen Thank to the you. show every day. Thank you very um, much. It's the, reason, it's the reason that I get up by 10 a.m. <laughs> Quick plug, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, the uh, shows are archived on the station's website at uh, wkbkam.com. Perfect. And uh, you can uh, listen to the previous episodes there. Now, does anybody know you're here tonight, or is it just sort of just my wife? Low? Okay. Just my wife. No, actually, uh, management knows. They're okay with it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure uh, about that. I want to say hi to my uh, friends up in New London. Uh, Bob Venicor's uh, station's up there. Right on. So we're going to get started here. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. You've listened to the show, Eric, so you sure. know what's going to happen. And uh, we're going to the phones to start things out. It's Matt in Israel. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Eric, and Mark. Hello. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Hi, Eric. Hi. Great, Matt. What's on your mind? Well, I want to talk about something about the Free State Project, actually. Okay. Well, I mean... um, I'm a member, by the way. Are you really? I am. So were you a member... um, I'm sorry to interrupt, Matt, but are you a member from before the vote, before the uh, the state vote? Yes, I was one of the first 5,000. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Me too. Yeah, there you go. And I already lived in New Hampshire, so (laughs) it's easy for you. Right. So are you also part of the first 1,000? No. No, I was number 4,800 no, change. Okay, you don't know what I'm talking about then. So uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. But, uh, but Matt, what was your question? Well, I mean, the, the point is to get to a position when, where New Hampshire is with, without any government, or at least with very minimal government, right? Uh, yeah, the, that's, free state that's projects of, the Free State Project's official statement of intent is that you'll move to New Hampshire to work towards reducing government. I, I don't have it in front of me, but right. essentially work within the process. Sure, to, to sh- sure. But, to but sh- the problem is, the problem is, I mean, in order to run a modern society, you need a lot of resources like oil and electricity and something, and not everything can produce by yourself. I mean, so well, what, yes, what do you do about true. that? Well, this, that's called privatization, Matt. Uh, where private companies can do it and let the markets uh, place decide the sure, prices sure, of sure. those yeah, things. Sure, sure, yeah, I know, I know about that. But I mean, t- t- oil, oil comes from the outside. A lot of it comes. That's from That's why New Hampshire yeah. has a port, my friend. Right. Yes, it does. Two it, international borders, as a matter of fact. But aren't you afraid that, like, if I mean, if at one point New Hampshire, if the Free State Project actually works, I mean, obviously a lot of governments outside New Hampshire won't like it. So they can try and manipulate and force New Hampshire and, and the Free State Project to do, to do things through the resources you need them to supply. I mean, aren't you afraid about that? I was just State governments about that don't I mean, control oil, sir. You know, those, it's bought individually by distributors. 
uh, at least here in, in, this, in New England. I see, what, I see what he's saying. He's concerned that, uh, for instance, like I guess you're concerned that if we maybe secede from the Union or something like that, that uh, other sure. governments around the world will get angry at uh, the, the free state, I don't, which doesn't make sense because there's, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, products that come into the United States from less than friendly countries that are more interested in a profit. Yeah, I mean, that's like the governments of the world getting mad at Bermuda. You know, I mean, it's just... It, it, no, 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 it's, no, 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 no. I, I, know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're okay. saying. I mean, it sounds, a bit, it sounds a bit paranoid, but... Yes, it, it does. Happen. Well, it sounds right. a bit paranoid, but, but I mean, you never know. I well, mean, we don't want to secede. Because, no, I, I would concur completely uh, that... Uh, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, right. If, um, you know, the crazy man here wants to secede. All right, but, well, I, I, I don't <laughs> think, think it's a great idea. But. And, and you see, that's, that's sort of how the Free State Project works. It's people who want a smaller government. So, you know, as you get farther and farther towards the fringe, there's going to be fewer people that support it. And, you know, maybe the secession will happen. Maybe it won't. Um, but you know, I just. What about Ian? I, I think we have Ian. more. To, I think we have more to worry about from the United States government than we do any other government out there. Sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, even sure. those, I mean, even I'll... the, even the people that worry about the United States government, the people that have said, "Aren't you guys worried the army's going to roll in tanks into New Hampshire after <laughs> you guys nullify, you know, no, whatever no, federal think, laws?" I don't think it's going to get to a point where an, the army is rolling in tanks. But I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of more economical terms. I mean, you can have a free market inside New Hampshire, but mm. the but the market outside remains government monitored. You know, the government still controls that market. Yeah, which government? And you need to communicate and trade with other that government. Market. Which which government are, are you? Prefer- are you referring to the federal government United or other States states? Government. Let's talk okay, about the United U.S. States government. government. Well, there's no way yeah. that that you know we'll ever be able to get rid of the uh, United States government. But again, you you try to work within it and run candidates for office to shrink the size of government. Sure, but I mean, but I, I was just trying to think. I mean. The, uh, did, did you, do you think about that situation? Do you think about what, how you're going to deal with challenges? It doesn't. It do, for me, no. Uh, and I'll let you guys answer this as well. But for me, I don't. I'm not too concerned with what the g- other governments or the United States government is going to think or going to do because I mean that will mm-hmm. just drive you crazy thinking about all the future possibilities. <laughs> I can't predict the I'm future. I don't know what's going to hold on. I don't know I'm what's going to happen, Matt. Room and get paranoid, but I'm just, <laughs> I know. I, I'm I see thinking. where you're coming from. I don't know what's going yeah. to happen, and it doesn't matter to me. We'll deal with it when that occurs. What I want to focus on right now is getting liberty-minded individuals to move to this state. Exactly. Clean up our own house first, and then we'll worry about the rest of them. Right. All I want to see from my government is lower taxes, and let's stop this stupid war on drugs. Um, after that, I think things will take care of themselves. I Matt, mean, from thank, a, thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish no, it. J- you know, just from that principle, I think that things will, will you know, be okay. Um, it, the progression isn't going to be fast. I don't think that the countries of the world are going to put an embargo on New Hampshire. That, I mean, they haven't done it with Cuba. Well, think about it. Why would they? And let's let's they explore this idea with, with Hong Kong, which is very right. free economically. Let's That's ex- true. Let's explore this idea for a moment. Let's say that uh, we manage to drop. Uh, to nullify a bunch of federal laws. Not necessarily secede, but to nullify federal laws, which I'm a huge fan of. Well, we, technically, we'd have to not enforce them as opposed to actually nullify them. Uh, that would, official, right. I guess, if effectively nullify them. Right. And, and basically, let's say we open the port uh, in New Hampshire, in the Portsmouth area, the 
the seaboard, basically, and, and essentially say, New Hampshire is now a free trade zone. We'll trade it with any, any country, any business, and any place in the world that wants to trade with us. I mean, that's going to make the governments of the world angry. I think a lot of governments are going to appreciate the fact that we aren't charging import tariffs anymore. Yeah, I would think so, too. And, and technically, the U.S. government uh, calls Portsmouth uh, a free trade zone. Really? I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, through uh, the former Pease Air Force Base. There's a, a, a free trade zone there. Does that mean they still have to pay uh, imports? Yeah, tariffs? they do. They call it a free right. trade zone. That's their version of what they call free right. trade. Right, just like NAFTA's free right. trade yeah, as well. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's free for everybody else. We're the ones that get Fewer nailed tariffs. Right. Yeah. Now, Mark, you mentioned the, uh, the war on drugs, and I've got something that's uh, appropriate to that. Uh, Albany, New York, from the Associated Press. The son of Miami Police Chief John Timoney was sentenced Wednesday for trying to buy 400 pounds of marijuana from an undercover agent. Now, 400 pounds. That's a, that's a lot of pot. <laughs> uh, but we talked last week, we talked about a story, or maybe it was earlier this week, we talked about a story involving a man in Florida, and actually another woman in Florida as well, a woman who was, I guess, pulled over and she had a prescription bottle that was her mother's. And inside the bottle, there was six Percocets. And she's now spending 25, I think she's being sentenced to 25 years in prison. Now, technically, right, it's a federal crime to have a prescription that doesn't belong to you. I think it's a a state, I think that's a state thing, but I'm not not positive. I think I remember that from my own prescriptions as federal law prohibits, but still. Either way. 25 years. She's got 25 years in prison for six Percocets. And, uh, of course, that's outrageous as is. But with that in mind... This guy is the son of the Miami police chief, mm. and he had 400 pounds of marijuana. 400 pounds, six pills. Now, 25 years for six pills, 400 pounds. What was the penalty? I, it, being the police chief's son, I can only imagine it's yeah, very I low. I bet you it's a lot less than that. Think about it. We'll come back with the answer. 800-259-9231. Let's just say it's good to be the son of the police chief. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You can control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. Hi, I'm Eric Scott. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site totally free, so do enjoy those. And that does include the bulletin board system. Over 140,000 posts await you. Over 1,400 people are interacting there. It is all free. bbs.freetalklive.com. You'll find fun stuff, serious issues, and you'll find it all for free. Again, that's bbs.freetalklive.com. And register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered. That is freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. I'm just throwing this one out here, Eric. Are you are you attending the Liberty Forum? I hope to, yes. If my uh, if my schedule permits, I, I do hope to be there. And uh, John Stossel, uh, I interviewed him a couple of years ago. Did you Great really? guy. Great guy. Awesome. Well, I've been trying to get him on Free Talk Live, and it's, he's, he's, I guess he's really busy. Can you imagine? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Slippery. He's so, great books, too. If you haven't read his stuff, I'd recommend I've read it. his first book. I have the second book. I just haven't had time to <laughs> actually dig into it. Yeah, i got a shelf full I haven't gotten to yet. So, uh, back to Albany, New York. The son of Miami Police Chief John Timoney has been sentenced to federal prison 
for trying to buy 400 pounds of marijuana from an undercover agent. Now, what do you think the sentence is for the son of the Miami police chief? Go ahead, Mark. What do you think? Five years. If it was if it was one of us, probably 30. It, 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 I think it'd be probably at least four or five years if it was one of us. Uh, but he's oh getting 18 God, months. Oh, my God. He's right. It would be 30. Yeah. 18 months. He's getting 18 months. 18 hmm. months? Right. And you can you know, probably bet that it's going to be one of those sort of uh, luxury federal prisons like the club fed. Yeah, yeah, one of those. You know, I'm glad that the police aren't as motivated as uh, you know businesses are because I could go out and I could definitely get somebody inside of a day to, to uh, agree to buy 400 pounds of marijuana. I'd just work price. You got his phone number? Yeah, you know, just, <laughs> just like that, I'd be out there working on the street. Hey, yeah. you. Hey, yeah. you want to buy some marijuana? Yeah, I, it would. You know, well, there's a reason it's such a huge cash crop in this country. Mm. It's illegal. Yeah, because yeah. it's illegal. <laughs> well, I don't think that's the only reason. What I do you mean, mean? You know, prohibition uh, didn't stop alcohol usage. It's true. And uh, you know, well, what's the other reason? Well, there were, I think, lots of reasons because there. Let's face it. If if you're going to compare it to alcohol, okay, uh, nobody wakes up with a hangover. Nobody smokes a joint and beats their wife. It's true. <laughs> All you do want to do is sit and watch Star Trek and eat Twinkies. <laughs> you know, fine. Um, you know, nobody gets angry. You know, when they when they smoke a joint, as long as you don't go behind the wheel. I mean, I don't see any problem with it at all. Well, that's one that Mark and I will disagree with. Uh, I, I, I have to say there have been studies done that show, if, even though you are behind the wheel, not that I'd recommend it, uh, but especially for newer, uh, newer marijuana smokers, but there are so many people that smoke marijuana and drive, like, it's mind-boggling right. how many there are. I don't think that's right. I really don't. I don't think that it's right to uh, smoke a joint and drive or drink and drive. I think that if you're altered... Um, and you do get an accident, it's inevitable that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going yeah, to get an it's, accident. It's not if, it's when. Right. right. It absolutely, and, and you know, it's gonna. It's not if, or it, it's when, when you're not stoned <laughs> also. Yeah. So um, I think that, you know, people are just going to feel really bad that, uh, you know, my wife is dead because somebody was out there, you know, driving while stoned. Right. I, I, it just, it doesn't fly. Look There's at no, the, it look doesn't at the have show any stability. Cops. There would not be cops without alcohol. Mm. Let's face it, the show wouldn't exist. <laughs> you know, but if they all smoke joints, they'd be all just sitting there watching TV. It's no, true. Nobody gets violent when they smoke marijuana. Well, I, just, just on the I get uh, paranoid on the driving. And what? Smoking what do you mean? Thing. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> on the driving and smoking thing, uh, they've shown. I mean, the studies have shown that uh, marijuana smokers are actually statistically equal as far as their likelihood to get into accidents as non-stoned drivers as completely straight drivers are now obviously alcohol drinkers are way off the charts i mean they get in accidents all the time but i mean maybe the fact that it's illegal is actually contributing to that i wonder if if marijuana was legal would uh marijuana smokers get into more accidents are they more careful drivers simply because they are paranoid you th- do you think that might be a fact well you always hear it, the stories about people driving 20 miles an hour you know right. on, on the highway um, I can honestly say I've never done both at the same time. I, as as I have, and I always find myself doing the speed limit or slightly below. Really? Um, just because, you know, that I'm paranoid and driving yeah. and, you know, I'm not, par- not quite paranoid, but careful, I guess. I'm paranoid enough in my real life. I, yeah. I value my driver's license and... Uh, I don't. I, I wouldn't do it. I gotta concur, but I think it's from an emotional standpoint, mm-hmm. Ian. That that's the reason it's not going to sell. It's not going to fly. Um, y- you're not looking at that human beings make decisions in some cases based on emotion, and uh, you, you know people are not going to be happy. Oh yeah, that's with, never going to sell. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm just. But I, I, I understand. That, I've read the same studies I that you have. I think that if uh, if enough marijuana smokers were to come out and say, yeah, I've done that, and I have. Uh, 
countless times. Um, <laughs> and I know so many people that also well, do it. I admit it. I inhaled. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, inhaled and drive. <laughs> oh, no. I, I haven't done that. No. And and I've been all right. The only time it was iffy for me was the very first time when I was like 17 and I wasn't expecting to have to drive, but <laughs> I like had that. to drive. I had to go home and I didn't want to sit in this parking lot where I was. And uh, that was a little exhilarating, but uh, it went fine and it actually ended up being fun. All right. But I'm not recommending it, kids. Albany, New York. Let's get back to the story. Sean Timoney, he's 26 years old. He pleaded guilty to conspiracy, uh, conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute marijuana. He and Jay Sill, age 24, were arrested at a hotel last year after giving a DEA agent a gym bag full with about $455,000 in cash. Federal officials said the defendants planned to distribute the drugs in and around Philadelphia, where Mr. Timoney lives. He could have faced up to 40 years in prison. Yeah, that sounds more like it for yeah, uh, yeah. you know the average Joe. After his release, he'll be supervised for four years and required to enter a drug treatment program. Now, this is the icing on the cake. After the 18-month sentence, you wouldn't think you'd need the drug treatment by that point. Well, this is the icing on the cake. The Timoney himself said, quote, Of course money was a factor, he said it at the, at the sentencing. But if I didn't have a drug problem, I wouldn't need to be pursuing money illegitimately. Oh, you fake. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. This guy expects people to believe, and I guess they did, he expects people to believe that he has a $500,000 drug problem? Well, that's another because thing about marijuana. Nobody goes, God, i got to score a joint now or no. I'm not going to feel good. You know? And very few people who have drug problems go into the marijuana business to supplant their drug problem. Right, there's not enough cash in it for the for the product involved. Well, there's plenty of cash in the marijuana well, business. Well, I mean, if, if you have a hard drug problem, you'd probably go into that because there's more, more money in it. Right, when you've got a cocaine habit, you sell cocaine. Right. You don't go out and buy pounds of marijuana and sell, you know, sell marijuana to kids and hippies and, you know, old people. Uh, <laughs> you, you buy cocaine and you sell that to people that want cocaine. You've got a meth habit, you buy meth and you sell meth. It doesn't work that way. And plus, if you've got a drug habit and you're selling 400, you don't just start out in the marijuana business and do $455,000 deals. He's been working up to this point. He's been doing more than just this one deal in the past, and this was just one of many that he happened to get caught on. So this guy, one. if you're buying 400 pounds of pot, you're probably doubling your money at the very least. He's got some cash sitting around. And I, if you've got $500,000, even at the inflated drug war prices, it's going to take a while to snort that much up your nose. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry. I don't believe you, Mr. Timoney, that you did this. You be You were pursuing the money illegitimately because you had a drug habit. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number, and you can take control of the airways. Coming up, your calls about whatever's on your mind. Plus, there's some good news in the drug war. Eric's going to share that with us. This is your show. You take control. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. Hi, I'm Eric. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free. That includes the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. They're all there on the Shrine. at shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. 
Do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches, the chi- teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. We're going to jump back into the war on drugs here in a little bit, but we got to go to the phones first. Let's talk to Eric in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Eric, and Mark. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going this evening? Hi. Great. What's on your mind, Eric? Uh, well, before I get to what I called for, just a quick uh, joke for you on your previous topic. What is the difference between a stone driver and a drunk driver? I don't know. A drunk driver will run a stop sign. A stone driver will wait for the stop sign to turn green. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Um, just uh, just wanted to go over the uh, the Zogby poll that y'all discussed on Wednesday's show. Okay. Uh, about uh, the uh, uh, people who associate with the term libertarian or the concepts of uh, 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 socially uh, liberal, fiscally conservative. Right. right. Just to recap that, uh, let's see, I think I've actually got those statistics here. The Zogby poll essentially found that, and I don't think I do have these statistics, but essentially they found that there was a large percentage of people, what was it, like 59% mark? It yeah. was 59%, and then it dropped down to 44%. Can I pop in here for a yeah. second? Because uh, uh, this comes up very commonly on my talk show. Uh, and what I've found is if you tell people about the libertarian platform and don't use the word libertarian, th- yeah, they think it's great. Right. As soon as you use that word, people's parts of their body slam shut. That's precisely what this poll found. Yeah. It dropped from uh, 59% agreeing with, like you said, the uh, just the, uh, the principles and the concepts, and then once the libertarian word was applied to it, it dropped significantly. Go ahead, Eric, um, Eric on the phone. Okay. Um, well, see, that's how you guys are interpreting it, and I think that's how Zogby interpreted it as well. I look at it and, and see uh, people just don't know... Those people who drop off probably just don't know what the term libertarian means. It doesn't necessarily mean they have a bad association with the word. But they got the description. They were were told what it meant, and then it was labeled. And, and to be honest, a lot of the uh, the fringe libertarians do things like trying to board an aircraft with nothing but a copy of the Bible and the Constitution. <laughs> and, and, you know, those are the That's people Russell who Russell Canning, get and I like that right, guy. Yes, and Russell Canning's a great guy. He's been on my show before, and, you know, I, I respect what he does. Right. But, unfortunately, people... There's another fringe of libertarianism that would try to board with an AK-47 and a pocket full of solid gold <laughs> trigger hands, you know? Yeah, that's true. But, well, I, I, you know, that's what gets the media, so people perceive, once they hear the word libertarian, they instantly think fringe party, you know, survival mm-hmm. in, in Montana with uh, a bunch of guns and things like that. But it's really not like that at all. Well, I, I think it falls back onto the, the national LP, the, the party. Um, they never run a, a national, I guess, marketing campaign. I guess Mark can, can attest that since he's in the advertising business. Uh, you know, the Republicans and Democrats all the time run just general party ads. They, they do? Uh, explaining their platform and whatnot. And I, maybe parents, it's because I don't watch television, but I've certainly never hear, heard them run a radio ad that explain their platform. I mean, how can you explain a Republican or Democrat platform in a 30-second spot? You they can't. Do, 
they they do it all the time, especially during uh, presidential yeah, When you elections. say, wait a minute, when you say explain their platform, you mean they get on and they say, we're all about values. Right, there are issue ads paid for by the RNC and the DNC. I've never right. seen a general ad promoting a uh, party before. Yeah, well, uh, maybe not they don't need promoting it. the party. It, the, I'm talking about the issue ads. Okay. Yeah. That, that's right. what that's what they and they they run them all the time, especially during presidential campaigns. Well, what would they, you like to see? Yeah, here in New uh, Hampshire, they run those all the time. Yeah, I I just think it's time that the that the LP started doing that rather than wasting you know four hundred thousand dollars on on uh, useless. Where uh, okay, what what would you like to see happen? Well, let's say you're in charge. You are in the uh, Libertarian Party national office now. You've got yourself a cushy little office job. What would you like to uh, to have them do specifically? What um, where would you put the advertisements? Because there's lots of different places to put them, and we're talking about TV ads. How many do you want to run? How long? I mean, what's your plan? Um, not being a marketing guy, my best guess, and Mark could, could probably back us up. Um, I, I think that the the younger age group is would be the target. So you'd probably want to run ads on. Say uh, uh, Adult Central? Swim, uh, okay. John Stewart, Stephen Colbert. Run run ads during those those shows that Not a bad you idea. know you're getting your your target audience, and just run those general issue ads rather than specific campaign. In other, ads. In other words, like we're the Libertarian Party, and here's what we. St- it's like an elevator right. pitch. Here's yeah. basically you know if you enjoy freedom and less government, you know go to libertarian.org or whatever the the website is. Have you put that idea in front of the Libertarian Party? Uh, I have not. Uh, I've thought about it many times. Well, maybe you should because, I mean, it's it's nice and all to call Free Talk Live and, and bring the idea up. And maybe you were just kind of bouncing the idea off of us to see what we thought. But if you really want something to happen, if you want action to be taken... Um, maybe put it in front of the National Committee or whoever it well, is that decides yeah. And I can things. tell you, I agree with Eric. The uh, National Party has done a terrible job of putting its True. message out. Totally. It, I mean, it just seems like we're, we've, we're playing catch-up, and we are so far behind. I mean, these, these, guys, these parties are hundreds of years old. We're 30 years old. Yeah, that's why we're here in uh, the Free That's why we're here in New Hampshire, because we're sick and tired of the Libertarian Party's inability to get anything done. And you know what? Um, it, it, since you bring up national advertising, I know that there was uh, Penn & Teller, well-known libertarians. Oh, sure. Penn & Teller um, cut some spots, apparently, for the Libertarian Party. And there's just been some sort of ball droppage going on with these guys to where, uh, not, not Penn and Teller, but with the Libertarian Party, to where the, the buck got passed around for the responsibility on who was supposed to handle these ads and where they were supposed to put them and who was supposed to produce them. And it's just like there's just been this nightmare about trying to get a finished product out of these guys. Well, I can tell you this. I've been in New Hampshire commercial radio for 14 years. I have never heard a Libertarian candidate ad or a position ad or wow. anything. Nothing. Yeah. In, in, and, like in the 14 years I've been in the state. And hmm. I, I think that's just a huge problem. You know, nobody, if, you're, if we're not putting our, our, our platform out there, our, our issues out there, our stance out there, nobody's going to know. And so I that's agree. where you get that disconnect where people, you know, they see the ideas and they agree with them, but then you put the, the party name out there and they're like, well, what's that? Well, good luck getting them to do anything. Let me know. Uh, let us know what happens, Eric. And thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'm so disillusioned with the Libertarian Party at this point. Uh, yeah. I, at this point, th- me just thinking of Eric approaching them with this issue, all I can imagine them doing is, uh, well, we'll take it under advisement, uh, put it in this committee, and uh, we'll bounce it around for a couple of years, and then uh, we'll decide not to do anything. Well, 
You know, that's how I that's how I feel about the Libertarian Party, having been involved on the inside, seeing how bureaucratic it is at a local level. I mean, uh, Eric, I don't know if you've ever actually been to any Libertarian Party meetings. No, I've been to some of the Free State uh, meetings, but totally never the, different. Uh, the Libertarian meetings. The Free meetings. State meetings don't count. Uh, the free right. State meetings are like, oh my gosh, you go to a Free State meeting, I don't know which one you went to, I know you live in a different part of the state, but um, around even just around here... Uh, in Little Keene, there's more people coming to a weekly meeting here than there were coming to, like, the presidential candidate night meetings uh, at, uh, like, the, the voting meetings. Uh, not the town the, hall meetings they uh, have. Just the, yeah. the, anything down in Florida. I mean, libertarians, uh, if you actually go to the Libertarian Party meetings, some of them, I'm sure, are better than others. But at least the ones that I've experienced, very bureaucratic, just a bunch of people sitting around talking about issues... And nothing gets done. And I can imagine that it's worse at a national level. Just, you know, thinking about how bureaucracy is. It's you just go up, you scale up, more centralization, you get more uh, more bureaucratic. Well, I have some friends in D.C., um, and I go there a lot. In fact, a friend of mine's in the political advertising game, uh, and he says the, uh, the, the party is, is paralyzed, just absolutely, yeah. even on the national level. That's why you're going to see, I think, a lot more as far as television outreach, radio outreach. You're going to see more of it here in New Hampshire than anywhere else. In fact, our friend Gardner Goldsmith, he's going to be appearing on the show Monday night. I happen to know he's putting together an effort to create liberty-oriented 30-second and 60-second TV spots, and that's great. He's taking the initiative privately to do it. More on the way, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website as well at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features there because they're completely free. You know, those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you money for their websites. Those Rush Limbaugh's and Laura Ingram's and those people, five, six, seven bucks a month. We give it all away at freetalklive.com, though we do ask that in return, in appreciation for Free Talk Live giving away that content, that you vote for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute. All you need is an email address, and we will not spam the email address. It will not be sold, so you're protected. You just put it in, and it's verified, and you, you vote for the show. And it helps us out because your votes help us uh, make it into the top ten podcasts of the world. Now, thanks to those of you who have voted so far this month, I believe we're currently ranked as the number Four podcast in the world, according to PodcastAlley.com. Yeah, that's not too shabby. No. Uh, but we'd rather be number one. And we can be, with your help, if you go to vote.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're talking about libertarians, the Libertarian Party, uh, doing outreach. We had Eric in Texas call last segment uh, pointing out that, to his knowledge, the National Libertarian Party in its 35 years, they just celebrated their 35th year, uh, 35th anniversary here, I think it was this past week, in 35 years of doing politics has never really done any significant national media-style st- outreach. Well, and and I'd say in their defense, in the LP's defense, you know that I'm not a member of the, the LP and um, don't really care to be. I'm a member of the Republican Liberty Caucus because I think they're more, um, they're just more saleable. But they, 
it's it's expensive. It's really expensive to do yes, national ads. I mean, if you're if you want to get on Colbert, I don't know what you know the the TV spots cost, but it's going to be a lot of money. Well, I don't I don't know what they would cost either, but I would I would also say that I've never heard them on local radio. Again, I've been in this state for 14 years. Never heard one. We did some. I I managed a campaign down in uh, Sarasota, Florida, where we come from, and we did some local radio in that campaign. And and local radio is affordable. That's not a problem. We did some local television, too. Now, wait a second. The reason that your local um, radio ads were affordable in in Sarasota, Florida, is because you had me as your ad rep, and I (laughs) went to the general (laughs) manager, and I got spots for a buck, because that was the the cheapest. (laughs) Well, you don't get any cheaper than that, yeah. Well, actually, well, I got know, I got a lot of overnights because that's what I could um, get it get available for you. But a, a lot of uh, a lot of spots, fifteen twenty dollars a spot is not that uncommon in in many uh, non metro markets. But, well, if you buy um, if you tried to cover the nation with local radio ads, you'd spend a lot more money than you would with, right, national, with the national. Oh, absolutely, um, right. Radio or um, televi- if, television um, ads. If the Libertarian Party, I don't think money would be as much of an issue if the Libertarian Party would have like a like a proof of concept essentially. Create the 30-second spot with Penn and Teller, right? Mm-hmm. Big names. Create the 30-second spot, show it to the libertarians, put it up on YouTube, mm-hmm. and say, we want to run this on Comedy Central or MTV or wherever wherever it is they decide to run it. Uh, I don't think really CNN or any of those places would be that great of an idea. No. Um, but essentially, bad idea, I stir think. up some excitement well, and, and get people right. to say, essentially say, do you want to see this on Comedy Central? Then contribute some money and we'll do it. You raise a good point about uh, you know bigger names. Uh, Republicans, Democrats alike, love to talk about uh, their Hollywood stars on sure. you know, the Dixie Chicks on one side and and these people on the other. But there's got to be in Hollywood somewhere somebody who who thinks like a libertarian. Besides Penn and Teller, right? Besides, but there's got to be somebody besides. Well, them. we got John Stossel, Penn and Teller. But Hollywood. Yeah, I think that's a... Clint Eastwood is a eh, well, kind of libertarian. Well, I, I, by the way, when, I was, uh, when he was mayor of uh, Carmel, a uh, beautiful city. It is. Um, absolutely beautiful city. And I don't, uh, he's a little bit more conservative, I think, than most libertarians. Right. He'd be a great uh, face for that, wouldn't you think? He's a, he's a heck of a name, yeah. but I mean, well, to, to be... Unfortunately, Clint's getting up in the years. I think he's what in the late seventies, getting up into. Oh, his anyway, early. yeah. I mean, he. I saw. Uh, really? Yeah, oh, he's old. Yeah. Um, well, John McCain's up there too. I saw a, a clip of Clint talking about how he is a libertarian, and he just doesn't have. He's not coherent anymore. Mm. Um, I don't think he would make a very good spokesman. Now, um, Kurt Russell's a libertarian. I did not know that. I'm actually a big fan of his. Yeah, me too. Now, are you familiar with the uh, Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints commercials? The ones where, um, you know, the, the the family spots. Oh yeah, they offer you the free Bible and. Um... Uh, they 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 have both television and radio yep. ads, and, yeah, and they they talk about you know they they usually do a really warm fuzzy ad about oh. how um, family should be you know tight knit and uh, that kind of thing. I remember mm-hmm. one when I was a kid where uh, you know the dad was uh, like he couldn't he didn't have time to play ball with Junior and he could tell the Junior was up uh, you know like. He, disappointed and so uh you know the junior and uh, sis were out in the front yard playing ball minutes later and then dad comes out and's like come on let's give it a try or whatever sounds, sounds and, like that harry chapin song you know, you know and it, it's just it's just nice and sure. you think wow that's what i'd like to do with my kids and that's how i'd like my dad to have done with me and they make these really great spots that are all psa oriented um and they have a campaign behind play our spots for free and I think that to some extent or another, you could, uh, if you if you made a good enough commercial, 
um, that was more issue-oriented and just had Libertarian Party of the United States at the very end that you could really get um, a lot well, of mileage out of Actually, it. there's a reason why the Mormon Church does such fantastic ads. I don't know if you guys are aware of it. Mm-mm. They have a broadcasting arm. Oh. Bonneville Broadcasting is the church's yeah, arm. Really? Uh, they have a lot of very good uh, major market stations. They do. Of a Washington D.C., they have a classical, hmm. uh, a soft AC in San Francisco. Love which me is, a soft which, AC. Oh, uh, believe me, and K O I T in San Francisco is one of the better ones in, in the country. Uh, that's why they they have that whole apparatus already there. And it's all Mormons working there. Uh, that I can't speak I would to. I don't know, is. but I'm sure the majority would be. You I know, don't I don't so. care who it is. I don't care if it's the Libertarian Party, the Republican Liberty Caucus, I, I don't uh, Free State Project. I don't care who it is. But I think that it's. I think that Eric is onto something, and that a national campaign, a national outreach campaign, is a really good idea. I don't care who puts it together. Yeah. I just want to see more pro-liberty ideas. I mean, I feel great whenever I see John Stossel on television. Sure. You know, whenever he's doing some sort of uh, presentation. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of people are just dying for that alternative. Right. And the problem is the libertarians haven't got a coherent message out for people to grasp onto. I think if that happened, it would. It you could theoretically. I mean, look at Perot in '96. He got what, 12% of the 90, vote? 92, 92. 92, I'm sorry, you're but right. Yeah, it was 19%. 19%, I you're right. 19% Tremendous. of the vote. And he was because. And that was after he blew up. Right, because he was he had a coherent, uh, sensible. Well, coherent, message. I don't know. But well, but, but he I mean, was somebody else. Right. I think that's what it was. But it was yeah. but, and he wasn't, a, 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 he wasn't perceived as a fringe nut. He may have been, but he wasn't perceived <laughs> uh, as one. I perceived him as a fringe nut after the ninja stories. The giant uh, sucking sound is what got me. But it, I thought, I thought it, was, it was great to have an option, sure. a, a third choice. And that's what I mean about the Libertarian Party. If they can put out a coherent message people can grab onto mm-hmm. uh, without you know, and getting rid of that. Um, I hate to say they're going to tack to the center, and I don't want that. But if they can put out a, something that people can wrap their heads around, we could have something. Well, because uh, according to Zogby and I guess some Cato analysts that wrote up an article for them, there's significant libertarians out there already. Yeah, according they just to don't them, don't know it. <laughs> Libertarian Party candidates may have cost Senators Jim Talent, a Republican from Missouri, and Conrad Burns, a Republican from Montana, their seats tipping the Senate to Democratic control. In Montana, the Libertarian candidate got more than 10,000 votes, or 3%, while Democrat John Tester edged Burns by fewer than 3,000 votes. So, in that race, 10,000 votes was the spoiler. Mm -hmm. In Missouri, Claire McCaskill defeated Talent by 41,000 votes, a bit less than the 47,000 votes the Libertarian received. So in both of those races, the Libertarian candidates, as small as their percentages might have been, were the spoilers. Now, it's not the first time Republicans have had to worry about losing votes to Libertarian candidates, uh, but a narrow focus on the Libertarian Party significantly underestimates the role Libertarian voters played in 2006. Most voters who hold Libertarian views don't. Vote for the Libertarian Party. That's right, because they think their vote won't count. Exactly. Libertarian voters likely cost Republicans the House and the Senate, also dealing blows to Republican candidates and then they name a bunch of other states. In our study, The Libertarian Vote, we analyzed 16 years of polling data and found that Libertarians constituted 13% of the electorate in 2004. Because Libertarians are better educated and more likely to vote, they were 15% of actual voters. Libertarians are broadly defined as people who favor less government in both economic and personal issues. They might be summed up as fiscally conservative, socially liberal voters. In the past, our research shows most libertarians voted Republican, 72% of them for George Bush in 2000, uh, with only 20% 
for Al Gore and 70% for Republican congressional candidates in 2002. But in 2004, presumably turned off by war, wiretapping, welfare state spending sprees, they shifted sharply towards the Democrats. John Kerry got 38% of the Libertarian vote, up from 20% for Al Gore in 2000. Double. So this is this study showing that Libertarians just aren't voting for Libertarians, and there's some more interesting statistics on the way here, and maybe a few few good things in the wind for the Libertarian Party, including a former uh, Republican switching sides. We'll talk about it coming up in hour two. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 2 of the Friday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. I am Eric. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free. Do enjoy them. They are on the house at freetalklive.com. We're talking about the libertarian movement, uh, just sort of out uh, their outreach efforts, or rather lack thereof, to the general population. And uh, we're pointing out, or actually I was reading from a Zogby poll on their website, it's more of a summary of a few different polls that they did, that essentially shows that there's a significant chunk, 15%, according to Zogby, 15% of voters who I presume self-identify as libertarians, but don't vote for Libertarian Party candidates. And so they were looking at the numbers, and uh, as it turns out, most of them voted Republican, which of course sort of bolsters the the myth that Libertarians tend to be Republicans. I still personally don't believe that. Isn't that counterproductive? You know, when you the Republicans are, you know, anti-choice and, and for the drug wars and yes. all of these things that Libertarians, you know, hate the most. Wouldn't that be almost hypocritical? You mean voting for a Republican? Yes, absolutely. Sure. Well, voting for a Democrat would be just as hypocritical, which is why, of course, I still don't well, understand why they can't get over their wasted vote syndrome. If you look at the um, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance's um, you know, numbers, and if you look at the Republican Liberty Caucus's Liberty Index, um, you'll see that the people that they rate high on the Liberty um, scale are almost all Republican. True, but on the other hand, there are a lot of things that a lot of libertarians can't stomach, which is I know, would totally agree. Right, but the, the war on drugs and, and the libertarians and, that are in um, the, the libertarian types that are in office uh, around the nation are almost all to a man to a person um, Republican. And I'm not sure why that is. Well, because yeah. the economic issues are what's important to them. The fiscal conservatism outweighs yeah. the uh, the social the aspect. Fiscal conservatism drug me into the social um, the social liberal aspect. I understand the drug war is expensive, um, and that you know after the, after I realized the the amount of taxes that go into these these kind of things and and putting forth their little message of no drugs. Maybe it's because the Republicans alienate their uh, voters faster and more effectively than Democrats. <laughs> Actually, I've come up with a theory on the drug war. Okay, I think it's unions. What do you think, mean? Think about it. Police officers are unionized, mm -hmm. as are state employees, municipal judges, correction officials. They're all unionized. So in order to get more of them... To, to keep the populations up, to give them jobs, Even they, 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 jobs. They, they pursue the war on drugs. 
Hmm. Well, they certainly have, whether or not it's the unions, I mean, certainly it's the people, they, they, they are certainly people who are profiting from right. the war on drugs, sure. and they don't want it to go away anytime soon. But, but my point on the, uh, the Republicans maybe alienating voters faster is they got in in the mid-1990s right. and their promises, their contract for America, and proceeded to grow the size of government. Uh, when Bill Clinton left, uh, George Bush came in. They proceeded to grow the size of government when they could have turned it around. breakneck pace. And uh, so a lot of Republicans are probably pretty fed up with that. Whereas, for instance, the Democrats are, have always been promising to help the poor, and they can always point to some poor people that they've supposedly helped out, while ignoring, of course, all the people that were uh, punished as a result of the, the increased taxes. And notice how poverty rates haven't decreased that much. So, so maybe it's just less apparent right. to Democrats how bad the Democrats are and how it is that Democrats actually advance uh, the elite just like the Republicans do. It's just they are more dishonest and are better at hiding it. We've got to go to the phones, though, because Drew's on the line, been waiting patiently in Kansas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Eric, and Mark. Hello, Drew. Hey, I just want to commend the uh, Libertarian Party for, for recruiting Bob Barr today. Oh, what, what, why, now, why do you want to commend them exactly? Well, because, you know, you have all these disaffected Republicans who are wondering, gee, where should I go? And then suddenly uh, a prominent Republican from yesteryear, you know, pops out of nowhere and says, you know, here, follow me. So are you, you're pretty happy with this idea then? Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot more news coming about uh, out of him. I know he's been uh, historically pretty pretty nasty about his drug war stance, but I think that there's going to be some uh, some revelations in coming weeks about uh, him changing on that pretty pretty drastically. Well, I certainly hope so, because I saw the news today. The Libertarian Party sent out a press release. Former Congressman Bob Barr accepts leadership position within the Libertarian Party. And uh, we'll get into this here in a moment. But essentially, this he's a pretty big-name Republican. In fact, if you've seen the Borat movie, he actually appears in the uh, the Borat movie for a, for a brief period of time. And uh, so he's kind of a big name. And I, back when he was in office, he was an anti-liberty dude. A major drug warrior um, and a variety of other things that he did that were not exactly pro-liberty. Then all of a sudden he gets booted out of office because actually the Libertarian Party in Georgia helped uh, fight against him to get him out as one of the premier drug warriors in Washington, D.C. Now all of a sudden he's found his principles. Now well, that anything, he doesn't... Maybe that shows that our marketing is working. Maybe it means he needed a job. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's getting paid for this uh, with the Libertarian Party, but uh, nonetheless, I'm skeptical of Bob Barr. Um, I'd like to see uh, if he's going to come out and, sh- and switch his viewpoint on the drug war. I think that's great. If he ever wants to run for office again as a Libertarian, I think he really needs to sign like a small government pledge that essentially says that he's not going to increase the size of government. Kind of like uh, Michael Badnarik had a contract with the voters this past year that literally outlined what it was that he that he would and would not do like without this guy putting his name on anything on paper i don't trust him your thoughts drew well i mean you know people change their minds i mean they change their beliefs all the time and uh you know if if we can be sure that he's he's not just full of it but i don't think he is i mean i think he's he's been doing this since Badnerick ran in 2004. Drew, you, know, you, you, raise an, there. you raise an excellent point, but uh, I, I got to agree with Mike on this, that uh, you know, one of the premier drug warriors of the country to do a 180, I, I don't know. That, that, that bothers Mike? me. Oh, I'm and sorry. That would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, that would just show that somebody has had a change of heart and that maybe we should all have a change of heart in our laws. Fair enough, Drew. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Thank 800-259-9231. There's going to be a lot of support for Bob Barr. I think a lot I'm, of people are going to be like Drew. They're going to get behind him and say, Bob, you've changed. Yeah, we trust you now. Eh, you're a politician, Bob. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're here and everything. I'm, I'm happy about it. Um, I, I'm with kind of with 
withdrew. Um, I'm happy that he's there in the Libertarian Party. I don't trust him. Um, I don't want to see him be the uh, the candidate in uh, 08. For you know the- what would make me trust him? Bob Barr gets on television and smokes a joint. First time in his life. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. You got my vote, Bob. Now, what were you saying about the presidential candidate? Because he could be a presidential candidate in 2008. I mean, well, that I, think that they, I think they'd lose. Um, I don't know. I mean, against Stan, I would still support Stanhope. I don't trust him. But if he's working within the organization and a bunch of libertarians can watch him, mm-hmm. um, then I, I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, we'll, I'll, take, I'll take his name. But uh, I wouldn't want to put him in office. I wouldn't trust him. And what would be nice is if you could have like a, a, a big-name Democrat also join the Libertarian at the same time. Because this is, again, more uh, – this news release by the Libertarian Party is going to be more fuel for the, uh, for the fires of those people that claim that Libertarians are just Republicans that smoke pot. And, uh, and that's just not the case. We pull people from all over the political spectrum. Uh, we pull people from the Rep- uh, former Republicans, certainly. We pull former Democrats. And most importantly, we pull no party affiliation people. We pull people who've never voted in their entire lives. We pull people who are fed up with the system, hate both of the major parties. And I think it's so important to really, whenever somebody brings up that myth, to just jump down their throat and say, whoa, 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 that's not the case. We are not the new Republican Party. Well, the question is now, what does the Libertarian Party do with this? They can send out all the press releases in the world. But as we talked about in in a previous segment... How how does the national uh, LP capitalize mm. on this? They've done such a poor job of of marketing themselves. You know, they're going to pat themselves on the back and then life will return to normal and nothing happens. I, I, yeah, I, I can't say that I have any hope for the national LP at this point. They just haven't shown any real uh, significant efforts in that direction. I mean, if Howard Dean can mobilize, you know, millions of, of young people, you can't tell me the Libertarian Party can't reach out and, and do that same type of outreach. Especially with the Internet. I mean, right. let's, let's go to uh, Charles in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Eric, and Mark. Uh, first off, I just have to address uh, what was just said, that um, about Howard Dean and mobilizing the youth. I have to first say that, you know, we as we saw in the election, Kinky Friedman basically depended entirely on the youth vote or on the people who normally don't vote. And I thought he would have a good chance at least being able to pull up a I good I don't know amount. if Kinky would have done anything if it wasn't for Don Imus. How did Kinky do? I didn't even see his results. What What did he get? Terrible. Yeah, he was got it, stomped. It was it less bad. than 5%? I think it was. I think it was 2, 2.5. Wow. And he got national media coverage. Yep. And a lot of so, it. So I think this this makes a point, at the very least, that to depend on the youth of, say, the Libertarian Party was... Libertarian Forum. Hang on, Charles. I want to bring you back. You can explain that a little bit better. Coming more. What coming? How much are you paying? We'll be back. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll free. 800-259-9231. That is 1-800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the archives you'll find there because they're completely free. An entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website, for your download and convenience at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1,000 Pledge. Look, are you going to just talk about freedom, or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the First 1,000 Pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Now, Eric is joining us here again tonight. Now, Eric, I'd asked you earlier in the show if you were a First 1,000 member. And you said that you were not, that you were one of the first 5,000 signers of the Free State Project pledge. Oh, but as far as to move here, 
Right. Right. I I'd already lived here. Exactly. Which tells me that you have not paid attention to the first 1,000 emails that the uh, Free State Project has sent uh, out. To be honest, I haven't because I already live here. So I, I really didn't... Uh Think We're gonna, that, you know, that applied to me. Basically, the first 1,000 pledge is uh, for people who will uh, who have agreed to move to New Hampshire uh, within the next two years. And uh, so by the end of 2008, and I think that you qualify for it as somebody who was originally a signer of the, uh, of the Free State Project. Let's see. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to do a little bit more research. I think you might qualify because you were originally a, a Free State Project member mm-hmm. before the vote. And since you were already here, you could sort of sign on as saying, yeah, I was already here. That you could, could join the first yeah. 1,000. The reason why we're scraping for signers here is because the first 1,000 pledge ends on December 31st. So two weeks. And for those of you who have never been to New Hampshire, this is a wonderful place to live. It really is. It's it, so it, beautiful. It, it's fa- I mean, I live in the Lakes region of central New Hampshire, uh, and the, we have the lakes. The ski areas uh, are a world-class. Um, and there's different places. I mean, if yeah. you like a coastline, you can live on the coast. Yep, you can live oceans, you know, inland. There's everything. Uh, you can live in the mountains. I mean, it's all here. Seems like a very but, family-friendly state to me. But here's very why, much so, yeah. Here's why we're pushing this, because the first 1,000 pledge... The pledge date ends on the 31st, but we've only got 600 and, uh, let's see, 676 signers right now. So we've got two weeks, and this has been going on all year, so it's taking us this long to get to 676. We need 300-something more people uh, to sign this pledge by the end of the year. Anybody who's spent any time in New Hampshire, I can't tell you the number of people who uh, come up here on vacation and decide to live here. It's just a... Yeah, there are people that there have been people that have come up and didn't want to leave. That's right, right. So uh, anyway, I'll I'll give you more about that during one of the breaks, and we'll see if we can get you to sign. Uh, But let's go back to Charles in Florida. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian, Eric, and Mark. Hello, Charles. How's it going, Charles? Can you um, recap and continue your point that you were making as we went to break there? Uh, All right. Um, The point I was making was, as we saw Kiki Friedman, we hear from the LP, the LP Reform Caucus that we have to get the vote out to the younger people like Howard Dean and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But as we saw in the 2004 election, first of all, that was unsex- unsuccessful as George Bush won again, and the youth vote was about the same. And we saw Kingy Freeman in 2006 ran entirely out of the platform of people who don't normally vote. Let's get them to vote. Sure. And he, got, he did really badly. I think what we're seeing from the Liberty Reform Caucus, and especially with opening Bob Barr with open arms after he's only been with the Libertarian Party for less than a year, maybe 10 months, is I sense this, like a desperation of the Libertarian Party, which I think is really unnecessary. I think Harry Brown did such a great job in building the Libertarian Party the way it is now, and then the Libertarian Reform Caucus comes in, say we have to expand our base for some reason that they don't really tell us. The Libertarian Reform Caucus just... For everybody listening that don't, it probably are not familiar with it, I didn't even know. There, it's a group of sort of centrist types that have uh, essentially infiltrated the Libertarian Party, <laughs> and <laughs> they uh, pretty much they they're saying, "Well, you guys with your principles, 
oh, this is too much, because uh, the, Liber- the Libertarian Party is the party of principle. They, they're trying to shine up the image well, quite, they're, quite a bit. Well, they're trying to dull oh. down the principles, what they're trying to do, <laughs> and uh, and they're trying to get more people. They're trying to... Where uh, do you think Ian falls on this issue? Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to appeal to the, like people that are... that They, they want to actually eliminate the principle, and the principle of the Libertarian Party is that I don't support or advocate the use of force to achieve political or social goals. It's not a complex concept, and it's a very simple idea that people can easily wrap their heads around, but these guys want to shove it to the side uh, and make themselves sound more like the Republicans and Democrats. Exactly, trying to mainstream it. For the purpose of getting more people to vote for libertarian candidates. But then again, if the libertarian candidates become more centralized, what good is it to have a libertarian party? Let's just abolish the party and go back to the two-party system. And I had, I had it explained to me by someone from the Libertarian Forum Caucus as, you know, the world's smallest political quiz. They talked about the chart. They drew a line right in the center of the chart. And they're like, we want to try to appeal to everyone right above that center line. And I said, that's a terrible idea because once you start getting changes, you're going to start to lose people. Quite easily. You're going to I lose agree. the key. You're going to lose the key activists that have been uh, working in the party for the the last 35 years. Now you could make the argument, and I think they do, that well, you guys have been trying the same thing for 35 years straight, and it hasn't worked. Let's try this. It has worked. That's the. And I'm sure Ian and Mark, I'm sure and Eric, I'm sure all of you guys agree that the Libertarian Party could get a better image. They could do a better job with getting their image to look better instead of just kind of the crazy guy on the street who just wants to do drugs. Or, you know, I'm sh- that, but to change our principles is just, it seems pointless after 35 years. I mean, we just changed the results of the elections in 2006. That's a pretty substantial thing. And it's just, I hear Absolutely. these libertarian reform caucus people talking. Well, it depends on, it, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, go it ahead. It makes an aneurysm in the brain by hearing we have to start changing our philosophy now after we've seen success. Now let's. Let's try to become like the Republicans. Is is it changing the principles or or denying the principles, as you say, or is it more of a just trying to make a more uh, a, you know a more they of an change. outreach uh, you know not getting rid of I'm, the principles, I'm right, but I'm all right with the outreach. But they changed the platform. They literally went in and took out what Ian talked about that part in the platform about not initiating force. For uh, social means, they just they change the platform. Yeah, they literally and do want to abolish the principle. They think it's uh, they think it's a bad thing. And Charles, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. At eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, they think it's bad to have people sign a, a statement when they join the political party. They think that's hurting them. I don't see how that hurts anybody. Well, they they think it's keeping people away from the Libertarian yeah. Party. And I agree with what Charles said. And that is that if you keep shifting towards the center as the Libertarian Party, they've already lost me because they've shifted too far, in my opinion. I, I, haven't sent the, I haven't sent money to the Libertarian Party in years. And I sent them a letter when they first – what they did was they changed something in the platform about how they're no longer calling for the abolishment of uh, the CIA and the FBI. And I'm sorry, these are useless uh, federal bureaucracies. We do not need them. We've got plenty of state police forces and local police forces. That's more than the you – know, yeah. we, we don't National need more Guard. police. Yeah, you're right. And well, so they had it in their platform where they called for their abolishment in the past, and they got rid of that. And I just thought, you know, why are you doing this? I Okay, fine. I'm pulling all my money and support from the Libertarian Party. I'll still help them out from time to time if they've got a candidate I want to vote for or support or something like that. I'll help them with my volunteer time, but they're not going to get any cash out of me. And you're a life member. I'm a life member. Yeah. So they're alienating people like me. 
And the Libertarian Party, up to this point, essentially was what brought me into the fold. Right. Some people think the Libertarian Party's bad, or they don't, they're not very effective. Well, I'm here doing this show because of what the Libertarian Party once was. More's on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Anything goes. It is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line for all your voiceover IP needs. Packet8.net, 1-800-259-9231 gets you in touch with us about whatever you want. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and that does include the updates. You get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com. We'll get you on the list. That is updates.freetalklive.com. And is there a little person that's important to you this Christmas? Give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That is akidsjourney.com. So we've been talking about uh, the libertarian movement and its political aspirations and its inability to uh, do any sort of effective outreach, specifically the Libertarian Party. And uh, Eric, Mark, uh, did you have anything anywhere else you wanted to go with this particular issue? Well, the, one of the things I was going to bring up before the break is, as far as I'm concerned, uh, as a libertarian or, or much of the more moderate wing, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting, the three of us yes. here, um, kind of like a triangle. <laughs> I thought the Patriot Act would be the perfect way for the Libertarian Party to kind of jump in and make its name known. Because, as you know, uh, even some Republicans weren't real comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, of they course, voted for it anyway. Right, they voted for it anyway because it was that whole law and order thing. Yeah. But uh, most Democrats... Well, then they would have been unpatriotic if right, they voted exactly. against the Patriot Yeah, Act. you're either win us or against us. You right. know? But uh, a lot of, mostly uh, on the Democratic side, there was a hue and cry over people like librarians and all of these people... Uh, and that should have been the time for the libertarians to say, look, you know, here's what we stand for. We don't like this either. You know, come with us and we'll help, you know. And and they just, they, as far as I'm concerned, they dropped the ball. Well, I understand where you're coming from, but how would they have done it? Would they, like, with Eric's idea earlier with the national outreach, the I think, buying yeah, advertisements, absolutely. that sort of thing? I, I think the, the state campaigns or the uh, federal uh, or the, uh, the national campaign needs to uh, target areas of of high libertarian um uh concentration concentration thank you especially uh places uh, also very uh very left-wing democratic places like san francisco uh parts of vermont to uh, convert the them over right, right and to say look you know you guys are also interested in less government and and uh, and liberty and here's you know and we have it here, I think, here it is. I think that's a good idea, but I think it goes back to why it's not happening. It goes back to the bureaucracy of the, the yep, Libertarian I Party. I fully agree. And I think that what – I don't think that the, the – as time goes on, I become more and more convinced that the Libertarian Party is not going to be uh, the saving grace for liberty in the United States. Not with, its current, not with its current uh, people, no. Right. I don't know how it's going to pan out. I don't know if they are going to be a player or not in the long run. But, for instance, if you just look at uh, – well, look at Free Talk Live, for instance. I mean, not to toot our horn too badly here, 
But here's Free Talk Live. You talk about national outreach. Little Free Talk Live with its 19 radio stations. Four years ago, we were on a local station somewhere down in Florida. Um, Now we're on 19 stations from Yakima, Washington to uh, New Hampshire to Florida. I mean, so we're coast to coast, essentially, with this this message, with a pro-freedom, pro-liberty message. We've done in four years uh, what the Libertarian Party could only possibly dream have, uh, have done. And the Libertarian Party, when presented with the opportunity to support this show, didn't do it. Didn't do it. I'm not surprised. And like I said, I, I think at the t- when the Patriot Act came out, it was the perfect chance to uh, to engage their base, to uh, look at money for a national campaign, and and nothing happened. Well, I, I wouldn't want to make it seem like bitterness on the the part of uh, Free Talk Live that we don't like the Libertarian Party because they didn't. No, I don't didn't care. Support no, what I'm. Uh, I, it was clear to me that um, the Libertarian Party was so bureaucratic and um, right. pompous about how they, um, you know, we, we wanted to do an interview with them. Well, they wanted right. to do the interview their way, um, which meaning that they wanted to have two, two guys, two people in their interview, not one. Um, so I this said, wasn't, sorry, guys, we this can't wasn't do an that. issue of money. We didn't say, hey, advertise us or we're going to be mean or advertise with us or we're going to be mean to you. This was an issue of an interview where they wanted to run the the I mean, you're the program director on the show, Ian. There's no reason that somebody um, who, who we're giving an interview to on a nationally syndicated radio show should be telling us how the interview is going to run. Right. I mean, really? Are they that great? I got the feeling like they were looking down their nose at Free right. Talk Live, a show run by a life member of their own organization. And they said, they said, oh, yo, we've got to have both of our guys on. This was, this was back when the Libertarian Party came out with their Iraq exit strategy. And it was and back when um, Free Talk Live was on, like, two stations or something. Yeah, two to three, know, four stations, something like that. We just had just a few. But it was so- more, I mean, still, it's something. It was national exposure, and I think we did have our podcast at that time, so we still had our kind of international, national listening audience through the Internet as well. And they looked down their nose at us and said, well, we've got to have both of our people on the same. I said, sorry, you know, and you host a talk show here in Keene, New Hampshire. You know when you've got one person on the phone, you get enough crosstalk as is. Well, you got two people on the phone and two people in the studio, right. let alone three, you got a crowd. And so yep. it wasn't because I wanted to be mean to them. It's just good radio versus bad radio. Sure. I said, well, we can we can take one of your people. Oh, well, no, we can't do it then. And it's like, why not? Isn't one person capable of speaking for the Libertarian We're the Libertarian. Yeah, it's I mean, not like yeah. we're going to ambush them. <laughs> well, actually, I was going to ambush well, okay. them on their unprincipled uh, behavior with their Ac- uh, Iraq exit plan. But nonetheless, we're still friendly towards them. Sure. And so they chickened out on that, and uh, ever since, you know, I just dropped them off the map as far as uh, contacting them for any sort of opportunities. They and, can come to us now. And, and even on the state level, uh, you know, I've been uh, doing the uh, the talk show here in New Hampshire for a couple of years, and I haven't heard from the state of New Hampshire's Libertarian Party once. Well, hey, they hadn't updated their website in like two years. <laughs> yeah. And finally, they updated it this year. So again, I don't think that the the Libertarian Party is going to be the uh, the solution here in the long run. I think you're going to see more... Really, what you have to do is you have to have people who have a real private incentive to make this message succeed. And we have that with Free Talk Live. You've got it with your show. Penn and Teller are out there doing it with uh, with their excellent television show, BS. John Stossel's out there. We're the ones that are making it happen, that are making libertarian media happen with no help from the Libertarian Party. Sounds like the coalition of the unenrolled. The, it, it sounds exactly right by yeah. its definition. You know. 
listening to the words, it sounds like the definition. And I think the Free State Project is going to continue to siphon off uh, effective libertarians from around the country as they continue to get more and more uh, burnt out on the fact that they're just not getting success with uh, doing it locally. And especially as more local people are saying, bye bye moving to New Hampshire... And they're going to get, they're going to, you know, they're going to see their their local group dwindling down, and they're going to realize, you know, maybe those New Hampshire guys got a got the right idea. Um, and as we continue to promote the Free State Project, we're promoting the Free State Project, right. not the Libertarian well, the Party. Well, the Free Staters have done more for for uh, the Libertarian uh, Party and principles than the Libertarian Party ever has. Exactly. That's why I think it's really going to come from the outside. Whatever it is that makes liberty happen again in America, it's going to be a coalition of, of different, I think, media people. You've got Doug Stanhope, who's going to be running for president in 2008. Are you familiar with the Doug? The comedian? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. Yep. And he's somebody. Like... I love Harry Brown, the uh, the yep. old uh, oh, 2000 yeah. and 1996 nice candidate. Yep. Michael Badnarik was a great guy, too, but nobody knows who Harry Brown and Michael right. Badnarik are. Doug Stanhope, he's got a following. He's not a huge, he's not Eddie Murphy, but he's no. he is somebody. He's got a name. He's got friends in the comedy business. He's got friends in the entertainment business. I think he's the perfect size to be running for president for the Libertarian <laughs> Party because um, he's not so big that running for the Libertarian Party makes him look silly. Right. He's... Um, you know, I mean, there's some synergy that's going and that's going to happen. And he's he's, yeah, he's had he's, a lot of exposure on uh, XM Satellite as really? well. Yeah, quite a bit. They have an uncensored comedy channel. Ah. Uh, one channel, one fifty. I'm a subscriber. I got to confess, even though I work in commercial radio. <laughs> um, well, because there's a well, lot of trying to get on there too. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a you know, I have, uh, maybe I can make some calls. I get some friends down there. He's uh, so he's got exposure and he's principled. Like, oh, yeah. he's not just one of those celebrity libertarians like Clint Eastwood, where he's kind of libertarian. Doug Stanhope, uh, he ha- he did an interview with HammerOfTruth.com back when they were operation- uh, operational, and they should be again soon, hopefully. But he did a great interview where the, he had they had some tough questions thrown at him, and he came back with real principled libertarian answers. Like, not only is he funny, but he's really serious about liberty, and that's he great. Is. All right, more on the way. Enough of this political smack. Well, we're going to talk about... The United Kingdom and clothing and warning labels on clothing? Oh boy, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free number 800 259 9231. The packet 8. Toll free line 1 800 259 9231. It is Ian here with you. Hello, it's Eric. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. Enjoy them both on us at freetalklive.com. And if you like all the stuff that we give you for free at freetalklive.com, then we ask that you support the show by buying some stuff through Amazon. You know them. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. If uh, they don't sell it at Amazon... You don't need it. Yeah, they (laughs) probably don't make it um, because those guys have 35 categories of products, everything from high-ticket items like uh, luxury electronics all the way down to cheap stuff, uh, books and DVDs and even stuff for your bathroom. Even used books. When I uh, finished my uh, degree, I bought a lot of uh, used textbooks through them. Yep, Hmm. um, that's true. And when you shop at Amazon.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase, even if you're buying a used book. 
which is really cool. Um, so do all of your shopping, whether it be uh, just the stuff you need to buy in general for life or holiday shopping. Of course, time is running out. In fact, I think today is the last day that you can order and get free Super Saver shipping delivered in time for Christmas. So if like you're doing last-minute shopping, get over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com if you want to take advantage of their uh, Super Saver, uh, free Super Saver shipping. Otherwise, you'll have to, if you want to get it before Christmas, right. after today, you're going to have to pay more. Uh, but free Super Saver shipping, cool feature. And, of course, if you're still looking for something to get and you're not sure what to get somebody, Amazon gift certificates are the way to go. Free Talk Live gets a, per- a percentage of that, too. So Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Coming up, we're, we're going to talk about the plus-size clothing warning labels here in a moment. But actually, uh, Eric, you had brought something in on the war on drugs that I found uh, kind of interesting. I guess it was a little bit of good news, right? Actually, it was. Uh, it's actually not far from here. Windsor County, Vermont, which is the county... Um, we New Hampshire Keene borders uh, Wyndham County, okay. the county directly to the north uh, that has like Okemo Ski Area uh, is uh, Windsor County, Vermont. And the uh, Windsor County State's Attorney, Robert Sand, has come out publicly to say he thinks illegal drugs should be decriminalized. Hmm. Wow. He, he says, quote, a different approach is needed to help combat illegal drug use. He says drugs are bad for people, but much of the serious crime he sees occurred during drug transactions or people... Seeking money for drugs. He says drugs are Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Seeking money for drugs, definitely. Absolutely. Lots say, of people get hurt. We say it so many times here on Free Talk Live. Dr- drug war is a pet issue of mine. and uh, Mine as well. And we point this out over and over again. And th- we had some police come on the show the other week, a few weeks ago on Free Talk Live, and they don't believe it. They they believe that drug users are just criminals. They oh, believe yeah. that drug users are just violent people. And there's the state's was it state's attorney or county attorney? The uh, county uh, county attorney. There's the uh, there's the county attorney coming out and admitting that no, it's people looking for cash to buy the drugs with that are doing the crimes. I think a lot of the police have really, and I'm not making fun of police. I don't want to degrade them. A lot of them are very dedicated people doing a tough job that I could never do. Sure. But on the other hand, you know, they don't seem to make a difference between speeding and bank robbery. You know, every, everything to them is a crime. There's mm-hmm. not levels of things. Well, I'm sure that they would uh, pass by the speeder in order to get to the bank robber. Well, right, but you know what I mean? I mean, you know, we've all been stopped for speeding, and we've all had the lecture. It's like, come on, guys, I'm not murdering children, <laughs> you know. you know, But you know, you're breaking the law. Yeah, it's like, you know, back off. Jack, you know, I'm I'm a scientist. I, they I, don't, you know, I, it's really it was really sad the uh, the episode we had where we were interacting with a number of uh, law enforcement officers, and that's what they are in their minds. They law are law, the law enforcement right. officers, and uh, you you just can't get through to them on the on the drug war issue. Some of them you can. Some of right. them are libertarian oriented, uh, but the ones we had on the show definitely were not. I mean, these are guys that, that uh, one of them said he would confiscate weapons if his CO ordered him to. Which is which is priceless because here in New Hampshire uh, we have a, what's called a shell issue state. In other words, if you don't have a felony mm-hmm. and you're over 21, you base the the state must or the local towns must issue you a gun permit. I'd like to get rid of that. Really, I'd like to make it so you show, you shouldn't have to ask permission to exercise your right. Well, I, actually, New Hampshire in Arizona, I think Vermont, if you do not conceal the weapon, you don't need a permit for it. What if you're a felon? Well, in, in a felon, I'm, I'm not sure you should, depending on the felony, I'm not sure you should be able to, to have firearms. Well, I would say... I mean, if you've committed armed bank robbery, I'm not sure you should be allowed to own guns. Uh, well, uh, allowed, because you're not stopping uh, a 
convicted felon that wants to do something bad with his gun by outlawing it. Well, you, I mean, and you're absolutely right. But so, right. so the the felon that would have the gun, you know, I mean, basically, there's there's lots of crimes for committing, you know, committing bank robbery and all that other stuff. I don't know if I think that a guy with a gun on his hip, whether he's been convicted of a crime or not, who's not doing anything with that gun, I mean. He's no different. He's paid his he's paid his debt to society. He wants to protect himself and his family. I mean, he's just like anybody else. Why should he be less of a of a citizen? It's a difficult because he got in trouble as a kid or something. Well, and that's true, and that's why I'm looking at it as a case by case basis. Because let's but face they it, don't look at right, it as a but, case but by by, case basis. by the time these people are arrested, it's not their first time. You know what I'm saying? Usually you commit quite a number of crimes before you're arrested for one. I, I, Depends. Sure, but it, you, um, usually it's the biggest crime that you get arrested right, for. Absolutely, <laughs> right, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, the the bank robber guy probably, uh, you know, maybe he snatched a purse at one point and maybe right. he uh, stole a candy bar. Right, and but, that's, you know, that's one thing, you know. But, I mean, if you've, you know, if you've uh, shown a propensity toward violence, uh, I'm not really convinced that you... Uh, uh, granted, getting a gun on the illegal market is as yeah. simple as buying that's, marijuana. That's the that's the thing, yeah. though. Is th- that's the way I see it. Is if the guy has the propensity towards violence and wants to use his gun for violence, he's going to get the gun well, anyway. Right, and that's why I'm in favor of of, of very stiff penalties for unauthorized gun that's use. What by? Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm for that. You know, I'm even for stiff penalties for any crime. Right, punish I mean, him for the crime. Right, carrying a gun around isn't a crime. Or it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be a right. crime. Well, it again, and it you depends, shouldn't be right. asked for your identification because you've got a gun on your hip. If you're not threatening someone with it, then there should be no issue. And the other thing you is, have to identify once yourself. you give a power to the government, and that's what a law is, we create a law, now the government has a new power. Um, they they enforce it even-handedly um, or, you know, however they feel like enforcing it. The fact is the law So if, um, is that a felon can't carry a gun. So if I kite some bad checks, I can't carry a gun. What's that? Have, what's one have to do with the other? Now, I know you weren't defending that, right. but what I'm saying is now the government's right. involved. Uh, right. If you're a nonviolent felon, I mean, I don't see a problem with that. And in my birth state of Massachusetts, the chief of police has absolute discretion whether or not to issue a firearms permit. Like it shouldn't be up to him. Right. It should I mean, be a set of you know rules. Like here are the the qualifications, and then you issue them. And and there are many you know, shell I, issue states. We but, can argue over what they should do and shouldn't do, right. and the, and there are different states. But with it different shouldn't rules. be up to the whim of one guy. But but it's it's still the government saying that uh, they're they're flying right in the face of the Second Amendment, which you know to me is pretty clear. Uh, you know, the right of right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, you're infringing my right to bear arms by demanding that I apply for a permit. Well, I see, I see what you're saying, but right. on the other hand, here in New Hampshire and as many other states, um, it, it's not, well, you, yeah, technically you have to apply, but you will get one. I've heard of stories where um, some people in New Hampshire have, have sort of the chiefs of police in the area where they were applying for, for some reason, didn't like the person who was applying, and they've sort of held up the process. They can. Like, um, there could be right. action taken on that. Sure, you could file a lawsuit and say, hey, this is shall issue state. You should be issuing this to me. But not a lot of people can afford lawyers, you know? Well, that's very true. And, and I can't speak to those because I've never met anybody that that's happened to. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's just the problem of getting government involved every single time. And in this area where somebody needs to be able to defend themselves, I don't think the government should be involved. Right. Um, and, and I do think that if you use a gun to commit a crime... or if, uh, pardon me. If you, you commit a crime, you should be punished severely. And right. with all the prison space that we currently have, if we did away with the drug laws, right. um, you know, we would have plenty of prison space to put people away for a very long time to commit violent crimes.
And, of course, I, restitution, I if we shifted more to a restitution-based system, less people would be um, less people would be likely to actually commit the violent crimes because they would know uh, in, inherently that they're going to have to pay back. And that's what I find hilarious is with the civil forfeiture laws is the government gets restituted, yeah. but the victims of the crime <laughs> get squat. Well, yep. the government it hasn't lost anything, so right. there's not even the and, term and, restitution. Right. Isn't even and good. I love the legal process is they sue the, whatever they're seizing. Well, yes, that's right. We've seen that. Yeah, they, they sued a bunch of cash recently. Right. If you look at the Wall Street Journal, they publish them uh, all the time. Uh, also, USA Today. Well, wait a minute. If you've sued something, doesn't it? Uh, if if you've sued it, doesn't it have a right to a lawyer? <laughs> doesn't it have the right to confront the witnesses against it? No. It just sits there. It's an inanimate object. Right. So I mean, yeah. How's it going to go? And, and they, they take it. They right. take the cash. They, they take do. the cars. And they. It's despicable. Absolutely. And it needs to it needs to come to an end. Now, of course, we're talking about carrying guns. I think if we were to shift more towards uh, more private property, then all of it would become a non-issue. For instance, if uh, the roads were privately owned, if all property was privately owned, then each private landowner, property owner, would be able to set whatever rules he or she wanted to for that private there property. There are some private toll roads. Illinois has one. Sure there are. A couple of others. Yeah, and they work great. And uh, so that way, the government wouldn't be an issue. These permits wouldn't be an issue. It would just be a matter of, are you following the property owner's rules? If you're not, then he's going to have his enforcers come and throw you off his property. More on the way. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 3 of the Friday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the Packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. Hi, it's Eric. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are there and completely free at freetalklive.com. So let's go to the United Kingdom to start things out here this hour. A leading professor in the United Kingdom said that obese people should be warned about the health risks of their weight when buying clothes. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Now, According, hold on. Is it it's the health risk of their weight when buying clothes or the clothes their the clothes weight? themselves? Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. What? Navid Sattar, professor of metabolic medicine at the University of Glasgow, uh, said that oversized clothing should have obesity helpline numbers sewn onto them to try to reduce a Britain's obesity crisis. The professor made the recommendations in this week's issue of the British Medical Journal. What's the helpline going to say? Put down the fork? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are they going to say? I, I can't even imagine. I mean, what's the warning label going to say? Warning, did you know you were obese? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's radio, but I am not svelte by any stretch of the imagination. No, okay? no. But, and I'm not blaming anybody, you know, and, uh, you know, I've fought my own battles with Wayne and continue to do that. I don't need somebody reminding me, nor do I need, nor do I need a helpline. Hey. I, know, I know what to do. This is a size 20, Tubby. Put it, get, get out of here. <laughs> Here's a roll of duct tape. Put it over your mouth. There's uh, you some know, help. Well, you know. well, this is, it's just awful. Well, St. George Albert, the U.K.'s National Director for Emergency Care, joined other health professionals in their recommendations. He wants the government to take a more proactive response to obesity. So the government's not doing enough here. These, oh, yeah. In the U.K., they never do enough. Right? Well, because, well, there's a lot it, more socialization in their health care system know, there. And everything else, too. 
Yeah, and this is, these are the steps along the, the pathway with socialized medicine. Well, now it's everybody's concern how right. much you weigh. Exactly. Well, that's, that's part of why they're doing this. Let's get into that. Uh, the suggestion would be to put the label on all clothes with waist sizes over 37 inches for males or 31 inches for females. Women's clothing, uh, women's clothes over size 16 would also get a label. Excuse me, it was boys and girls uh, earlier. The paper. See, now, th- this this is another sort of government one size fits all um, plan, right. and it stinks because uh, there were there was a time when I was a weightlifter and I weighed um, 198 pounds at my peak. I, I was trying to be a bodybuilder, you know, the the whole uh, drug-free bodybuilding thing. Didn't really work out for me. I just don't have the genetics. But besides <laughs> that... you couldn't stop taking the drugs. <laughs> kidding. You still got a nice six-pack there. <laughs> but yeah, I weighed 198 pounds, and as far as an insurance company was, um, you know, concerned, at 5'11", I was obese. Right. What? I weigh, you know, my body fat percentage was because, 9%. Because muscle weighs so much more than fat. Hmm. Right. My, my body fat percentage was 9%, but... Because of my weight, and that's it, you know, just one size fits all. What about a six foot five man at a, a size 37 waist on a six foot five man is not yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. How many football fat? players are six four, six five, three hundred pounds? Mm-hmm. I, you know, medically they may be obese, but these people are athletes. Right. Uh, you know, what defines obesity? Period. What defines obesity is, um, I, th- I think it's it, it's some percentage, you know, like 20% for men, 25% for women, I think. They use it uh, part of the BMI index. Yeah, Is it 27, I think, is or higher than that? I, I don't recall. All I, I remember, there's, there's a number that you get when you calculate BMI, and I think it's if it's over 40 or something. Oh, is it 40? Maybe. I'm not sure exactly what the number is. That, I don't know what the obesity number is, but I know that that's the way you decide right. how much body fat a person has. Well, the paper reported that Sitar also believes new urban roads should only be built if they include a separate lane for bicyclists. Oh, the professor please. also said that new housing complexes should also include sports facilities and park areas. This guy just knows everything. I He's know, a professor. We have bike lanes here in New Hampshire. We call them sidewalks <laughs> what's the problem well, right downtown they don't, they don't like it when you uh, get on the sidewalk no not in downtown Keene. no britain's yeah. obesity problem could bankrupt its health system if nothing's done to stop it according to sitar see it's everybody's br- problem we the, right. the, you know the whole government's gonna implode the sky is falling the sky is falling yeah. the british medical journal reported that more than half of the uk's population is overweight and more than one in five adults is obese Treating obese people in that country takes up about 9% of the health budget, according to the Daily Mail. Sitar thinks there could be, or there should, be more political intervention. He told the journal that he also wants food manufacturers to display nutrition information on the content of all meals and snacks at retail and catering outlets. Oh, that's just nuts. Now, here in America, the, most of the restaurant chains do it on their websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I know, uh, is it Burger King? They used to have this big thing on the wall. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. With, with all the calories. And I think that's great. And, you know, as someone who is overweight myself, you know, you can't live on that crap. That's true. You know, and, and that's the thing is where is the, where is the responsibility? Everybody likes to blame somebody else. Well, maybe what we should do here is uh, create an access card. and Because uh, Br- Britain actually has, they're kind of on the fast track compared to the United States. The U.S. has the real ID program coming <laughs> down the pipe. Well, Britain's probably about a year ahead of us on that. And so they're going to have their national ID. So maybe what they'll do is they'll put that magnetic strip on the backside of the national ID card. And they'll require that, all, I'm just thinking like these bureaucrat types think, 
they'll require that you show your ID whenever you go to a, a Burger King or McDonald's or whatever they call them over and in And you can uh, eat there once a week. Exactly. And you, you can and only you have, eat there. It's rationed, right. 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 I mean, really, we're not far from people making that suggestion. And, now, and then we, we would set up, you could, I could just see the black market in Big Macs. Yeah. Yes. You know, if That's somebody wants be money to there. sell, right. Somebody well, they'd be wants sitting to sell right in the parking Big lot. Hey, right. man, um, you know, I, I got I got my uh, one week uh, Big Mac here. You know, you want to buy it? <laughs> right. I'm like, man, I got to have a Big Mac. Traded for one drugs? Yeah, you don't know what they're going to do with it. It's I, just insane. I like it. Uh, reminds me, whenever I think about the, uh, the whenever I think about black market food, I always think about the movie Demolition Man with oh, uh, yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Great movie. Wesley but, Snipes. Right? Yeah, where great they go, movie. Where they go to the underground and somebody's cooking up burgers yeah. and rat burgers, yep. right? Just That's a fantastic... Oh, who else was in that? Uh, Sandra Bullock Sandra was Bullock. in that? Yeah. And uh, the guy uh, used to be in Law and Order. Uh, I can't think of the guy's uh, name. I don't know. There was I'm not the of... entertainment guy. Yeah. Sorry. Well, anyway, uh, so people... Co- here's the bu- bureaucrat again, or um, let's see, Mr. Septar. Yes, the leading professor in the UK. He says, people clearly have some responsibility for their health, but society and government have a responsibility to make the preferred easy choices healthier ones. <laughs> Sitar said in the journal that education should be provided at all levels to change behavior towards diet and physical activity, and obesity made a core part of all medical training, according to a press release. So this man knows it all. He just knows yeah. what system should be implemented. He wants to have warning labels on... Um, and, you know, who cares who gets and, hurt in the process? And don't you think somebody, like you know, like uh, an obese person who buys a shirt, they don't need to be reminded. They right. already know. Yeah, they get it often it's enough. It's really insensitive, yeah. right? They get it often enough from uh, rude people in public. I'm right. sure looking at them crossways, and, uh, and then you've got the shirt spitting it out, uh, back out at you. Right, and they probably make it so you can't take the label off. That way, every time you do your laundry, you're going to well, be I, seeing. Well, I will say one thing: as somebody who shops at the uh, big and tall stores, boy, they uh, <laughs> they are far more expensive than than uh, regular size clothing. They oh, are making sure. a killing. Hmm. Well, I guess I mean the material costs a little. Well, bit yeah, more. a little bit more, but uh, if you go to a store like uh, I'm just a single one, and, and I don't mean to, to harp on this particular chain, the Casual Mail here in the okay. United States, uh, their big and tall prices are almost double what some of the uh, conventional size prices are. That's really? enough motivation for me. I mean, uh, I mean, if I was in, in that position, having to pay that that amount of money, I'm kind of a cheapy. Uh, cheapy. I think skin flint's a good yeah. one. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've never even considered this. I generally shop at those uh, discount stores like Marshalls, right. um, TJ Maxx, Ross, that kind of thing, just simply because there's a lot of good clothes in there. Sure. I wear a size 32 pant. It's easy to find. I mean, that at one point was the most common pant out there. I, think I it's used to, to wear 34. <laughs> that was a few years ago. So, I mean, it's I did never even consider that uh, it might be more difficult to find clothes. It, 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 you can't find them in some of the mainstream, like Walmart, Target. They they just don't make anything over roughly a, a forty four. Yeah, okay. Let's shift off here from this uh, one side issue to the main issue of socialized health care mm-hmm. because that's where they're getting their in on this issue. The fact that in Great Britain uh, there's massive nationalization of health care. I think yeah. there's still private. There, you can still have a private provider. It's a two tier system. Yes. Right. Yes. But there's a bunch of people that are on the government system, and so essentially they're using this as the excuse to say. Well, if since it's a government system, uh, it's national, it's free, so-called health care, we're going to have to impose more rules on you. We're going to have to put these labels on your clothing. Uh, we're going to have to put uh, these mandatory labels on the food. And then they're going to have other ideas that they're going to come That's out it. with. In fact, they're going to ban 
probably certain types of food. Actually, I just did a segment on the uh, British healthcare system. I have an we'll interesting one after the Free break. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231 is the toll-free packet 8 line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. Hi, I'm Eric. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site completely free, including the listener map. You can go to map.freetalklive.com. Take a look at over 1,700 of our listeners from around the world that have added themselves to the listener map. You could do so as well if you like. Map.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our website, it is completely free. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. Register now for this three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th of 2007. It'll be held convention-style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, and get more info there as well. Free you state ever been Project. in the State House? Freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. I went outside of it. I was outside of it recently, not inside. Well, when I was working in a radio station at Concord, we you know, won a lot of press conferences with the governor. Mm-hmm. Very, very beautiful place. Got the yeah. nice gold dome. You can yes, see it I from did the highway. Yeah. Yes, it's, uh, they had to put a gold dome on it because they had the money, right? And they could just take <laughs> as much money they want and make it as lavish as they want. I think it's been there since the want. 1800s, actually. Yeah, well, that's okay. Then, they were taking it then, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they were taking real money. Yeah. There probably wasn't as much waste back then, you think? There, there were smaller the governments, so there would be less waste. Yeah. Right. All right, so we were talking about health care and the United Kingdom. There's some know-it-all professor over there from the University of Glasgow who's suggesting a bunch of changes that he would like to see because there's a lot of nationalization of health care in the United Kingdom, and so therefore they're using that as an excuse to control your decisions more. In fact, they want to put warning labels on clothing for, uh, for big people, and they want uh, more requirements for uh, nutrition information at restaurants and fast food chains and that sort of thing. And really, the, the question is, what's going to come next? You know, what, uh, what do you think that the next steps are going to be? Are they going to start arguing to ban foods, certain foods completely? I mean, we know that in New York City, there was a trans fat ban that has recently yep. gone through. They've already done it in a lot of school systems here in New Hampshire. Uh, that, you know, they've taken all the like ice cream and the cookies out. Yeah. Yep. So you're you know, gonna, but they'll it, allow fruit juice, which is laden with sugar and calories. True. Right. This but is, they'll allow that. It, the, the the thing is, is um, for one, it's it's completely subjective as to what you think is good and what you don't, and what you think is bad. Um, your body treats simple sugars like cookies very similar to it, um, how it would treat fruit juice. Right. So. I'm I'm not sure what I think on that subject. I think fruits are better than cookies. Absolutely, but, but you know, a glass of grape juice is very high in calories. It, it, it it's delicious. It's, don't it's get me wrong. Sweet as it could be, and it's yeah. got a lot of fructose in it. Um, but you know, we were told eggs are good for you, eggs are bad right. for you, eggs are good for you again. Uh, you, you know, eat fats and uh, proteins because you'll lose weight. Don't eat fats and proteins. Um, you just eat carbohydrates. There's a lot of mixed messages out there in the uh, nutritional area, mm-hmm. and to have politicians making decisions as to what we should eat and what we shouldn't is just ludicrous to me. Did you hear about I mean, the, these uh, people can't balance their own yeah, damn checkbooks. Let alone, yeah. I, I did it on my uh, talk show yesterday. There was a segment, guy is suing what's left of the Atkins Empire because he <laughs> um, ate basically uh, pastrami and cheesecake and became obese and, oh and had you know, many health problems related to it. And he's like, well, I oh. followed the diet. And I'm like, look, I'm as much of a fan of pastrami as anybody, <laughs> but I don't have it very often, you know. 
I can't imagine eating the same thing every day. Well, pastrami and cheesecake, I could eat for quite a while. But yeah, you oh just you're gosh. not. I mean, he followed the diet, but I, that wasn't the intent of it. And and anybody who who was dumb enough to have that type of diet, you know, deserves what they get. Now, and he's actually suing. Well, I would think if you were actually just eating the meat from pastrami, is that corned beef? Well, pastrami is very, very fatty. Okay. Um, so it, it's, you're sticking to the diet the way that yeah. I understand but the if, diet. But but if you're going to have meat, you, there are much leaner meats you there can certainly eat. certainly are. And, you know, it, and all of that is animal fat. And it just, you know, goes right to your arteries. Just this, because you're an animal. <laughs> this, these sorts of laws are so frightening to me because... Um, not because I'm unhealthy or anything like that, but I like to choose to eat fun stuff, and sure. uh, I like to eat what tastes good for me. Luckily, I have a, a pretty high metabolism at this point in my life, so I enjoy that. And when the government's, if the government's going to come in and say, uh uh, uh you, you can't have that. That's bad for you. That makes you. some people fat, and you can't have it because you might, now, well, it might make see, them feel bad that you I, get to I, eat I, it. I have to jump in on that. The food doesn't make people fat. People make people fat. You're right. Sedentary lifestyle, that sort of thing. Absolutely. And you know, I'm well. That's that's the other direction they're going to go with this. After they've uh, finished successfully banning uh, fatty foods or you know trans fats or whatever it is they're going to ban from public consumption, then it's going to be mandatory exercise. I was just going to go there, like 1984. Yeah, exactly. Winston gets up in the morning and. Does the, uh, it's the, gonna the be exercises? A, it's going to be at work, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Your, exactly. The businesses are going to be required. The mandation's going to go through the businesses. That's a great point. And it's going to be, yep. you know, every business is required through because of, you know, through the National Health Care Institute or whatever it is, whatever organization. Right, because businesses will always get, pick up the ball. Whenever the government wants a law enforced, they business people employers. will, will yep. just do whatever it is, the whatever hoops the government holds up, they'll jump through them. It doesn't matter how detrimental it's going to be right. to their business. Okay, you're the government. You must be right. We'll just do whatever. I mean, you want can us you to? imagine, you know, Liberty Mutual Insurance, which has an office here in Keene, mm-hmm. everybody doing jumping jacks before they go to work? You know, I, I almost can imagine it at this <laughs> point. I can understand yeah. it. I can b- totally believe it. And that just scares the crap Don't out of me. Don't you think some soccer mom out there thinks it's a really good idea Absolutely. that we all do sure. 20 minutes of calisthenic exercise and you know in what? the morning? It is a good idea. It but is. Should, but should it be mandated? No. Absolutely not. Well, the thing is, is you know, then I have to go to the doctor because I have a herniated disc that says that I don't have to do that. I can opt out of the jumping jacks. I have my own special regime. I mean, look at the bureaucracy well, yeah. involved. It's like when we were all in high school. You get a note for gym class. Yeah. You know, is that, that note's going to cost me money yeah, and exactly. time, yep. a lot of time, because then I'm going to have to go to see the doctor. But everybody's trying to see the doctor, and there's fewer doctors because they can't make as much money because it's socialized medicine. And they can't deal with the... even. Uh, so I'm going to have right. to do jumping yep. jacks with a herniated disc right. for the oh next six months. And even here in New Hampshire, uh, the state Medicaid system, uh, very few dentists and doctors will take it because the reimbursement rates are so low. Sure. And this is what happens when you give the government an inch. If you give them an inch in this area... They'll reach their way in. They, yep. they, they'll, it'll be full-blown before you know it. If and it won't them, go away. Yeah, they've it already been inched in into, into health care. They're already half the dollars spent More than healthcare. half. Yeah. More than half the dollars here and, in the and, United States. And a lot of people don't understand Medicare. Medicaid is far more financially uh, in trouble than the Social Security system is. Really? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. From the data I have, by 2009, Medicare could be bankrupt. Great. In this country. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they'll close it down. They're not going to let it go, Mark. No, they're they going to increase taxes. They're not bankrupt in the same sense that a business they're, 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 Right. And they've already, in the next budget, uh, is a trimming of reimbursement rates. Or they'll just uh, or they'll just universalize the entire thing. Well, yeah, and that's great. Then you have to wait six months for a sprained ankle. Yes, yes you will. Yeah.
It's craziness. And there are probably people out there listening saying, oh, you guys are overdoing it. They'll never mandate that we do jumping jacks. You crazy libertarians. Well, you know, who would have thought that they would have come as far as they have, well, the that Canadian, they would have implemented the things that they've done? The Canadians have mandated bike helmets for children. It's just I thought that, that we had yeah. that here, too. No, yeah. um, actually, I believe the state of New Hampshire has, yes. Yeah, bike helmets, great. It's, it's everywhere else, I think. Too, How yeah. did I survive my childhood? Well, we all did, you know. Yes. I mean, I, I rode a bike everywhere. As long as the exercise thing was going on, you know, how many, my mother, shut the damn TV off, go outside. Mm-hmm. You know, if more parents said that, maybe we wouldn't have this obesity problem. Maybe the, the solution is mandating that all parents go to classes so they can... <laughs> All these, all these solutions from these people is mandate this, mandate that. I have a vision for society, and I want to enforce it on you, and it's despicable. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. We're going to the border next. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. Hi, I'm Eric. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. By the way, I, I have to do this. Hi, honey. <laughs> I promised she would be listening tonight on the net. So, Mark, why, why are you... I'm telling you that my computer's frozen. I don't have the story that I said that I had. Oh, okay. See... Uh, oh, you have the to blue screen of death you get there? I, I, <laughs> I, I've, got a, I've got something on the screen. I could read what I've got on the screen. That's but I, fine. i got more stuff. You, you have to understand, uh, Eric, it's his first, Eric's first time in the studio right. here with us. I cannot read lips. No. And so, <laughs> no concept Mark whatsoever. <laughs> I swear he tries to do it, though. I mean, I make hand motions. I'll spell things in the air, whatever. The guy tries not to be able to understand what I'm saying. No, I, I'll, I'll just stand there and stare at you and just try, <laughs> to, try to understand what you're communicating. To me, but I cannot well, when I read go, them. like, I cross across my neck and I point at my computer. You're making the brake sound. I, like, yeah, the that's what it looked like to me. It's we like, just came yeah. back from break. What are you talking about? That was about? exactly what I thought. Well, for all the time, look, Mark, for all the time that you spend trying to uh, silently communicate with me, you could just... You don't tap it look, out on your you computer. You don't look at your... Um, well, for one, my computer's frozen, and... <laughs> You oh, don't yeah, look at your IMs. Well, you know, at, at least at, at WKBK and Keene, we just actually write it on the piece of paper and hold it up through the window. That, that and, helps. And, you know, it's low tech, but it works. Well, all right, let's move on, because we were going to go to the border fence thing. Your computer's crashed, so we're going to talk about Christmas. Actually, oh, uh, yeah. the, the, the Christians who are offended. Christians, so easily offended. Now, I don't know what your religious... Uh, persuasion is if any uh, i am an atheist oh, welcome I, I, to the I was club. born in whoa, 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 that's that's a club on that side of the table that's right born on raised boys and raised jewish okay. uh, survived five years of hebrew school wow was bar mitzvah still recovered <laughs> and uh, i have decided if god wants me if there is one he knows where to find me and until then he lives his life i live my life thank you very much I very thought, good now i thought jews didn't really believe in the some do some don't don't really believe in the afterlife it really depends on the, there are branches of judaism much like there are of christianity i see you're going to like, uh, well, as an atheist, you're going to appreciate We're going to have a guest on tomorrow night. I know I normally don't sell guests. It's a bad idea because if you sell a guest and they cancel, you look bad. Anyway, we're going to have a guest on from theblasphemychallenge.com. Actually, I don't know if there's a the in front of that. But this is uh, something that's brand new, 
and no, it is blasphemychallenge.com. There is no the. Anyway, it's a brand new, came out a couple days ago, and the concept is, the, there's apparently a Bible verse, and it's cited on this website, that essentially says that you can be forgiven, the Christians basically believe, you can be for, forgiven for any sin except one. And that is if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost. If you blaspheme, or therefore say you don't believe in... That's not what that necessarily means. There's, I've heard lots of interpretations as to what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit means. In some cases, um, what it would, uh, some people will say that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not um, heeding God's call to convert when uh, you feel that you know, feeling in your heart. So obviously that would be um, something, you know, if, you heed, if you don't heed that call enough and you die as yeah, an atheist, then... There are a lot of opinions on, on what, what it means, that, that yeah. means, right. Well, e- either way, this, the purpose of the website is to essentially have people come out on video and blaspheme the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sign me up! <laughs> and upload them to, uh, to YouTube for everybody else oh, in the world to priceless. see. And so we're going to have the guy that created this. He also made a, a film, a documentary film called uh, The God That Wasn't There. We're going to have him on the show tomorrow night. So oh, that cool. sounds like fun. I'll make sure I'll tune in. But let's talk about the Christians and their obsession with protecting cr- uh, Christmas. Moviegoers, according to Reuters, seeking a bit of seasonal entertainment, are being offered blood and terror alongside of Santa and his reindeer, much to the horror of U.S. religious groups. Film studio Dimension Films has remade a cult hit from 1974 about a group of female students being terrorized by a killer during Christmas. And it's releasing the film called Black Christmas on December 25th, tagging it as the ultimate sleigh ride. But religious groups, and I saw the preview. That's I a watched, nice pun, sleigh yeah, ride. I, I like that, yeah. I watched the preview last night, and it looks like another run-of-the-mill, kill the teenage mm. girls horror movie. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people are getting upset. Religious groups have condemned the timing of the release of the R-rated slasher movie as tasteless and offensive. Oh, please. To have a movie that emphasizes murder and mayhem at Christmas, a time of celebration and joy around the world, seems to be ill-founded said Matthew Staver, founder and chairman of the Liberty Council, an organization dedicated to upholding religious freedom and tra- uh, traditional family values. People get joy from seeing movies. What, so isn't that... Whole, a lot of people go to the movies on uh, Christmas afternoon. You're they only allowed joy. to get joy where the Liberty Foundation thinks you can get joy. Right. The Liberty Council. Liberty Whatever. Council. Yeah. Jennifer Giroux, who co-founded Operation Just Say Merry Christmas... As a way to reclaim the season for Christians. That's right. There's a war. I didn't on know Christmas. it went away. Yeah, they're they're reclaiming the uh, the territory now. Apparently, I didn't know they had lost it. I, I didn't know either. <laughs> I I didn't know. You certainly can't tell with all yeah. the lights and Santa just Clauses on this street. And, I never right. got the memo. Well, you know, there there's been a few things that have changed. Um, some companies want to be a, a little more uh, PC by saying Happy Holidays rather than Merry Christmas. I generally say Happy Holidays to people I don't know their ethnicity mm-hmm. because. You know, every once in a while you'll find some person who doesn't like um, Christmas for whatever reason. Why throw it in their face? Well, I look at it. I, I'm not a big fan of it myself. My first, my favorite thing about Christmas is waking up Christmas morning and going, "It's over for another year." Because <laughs> you know? I mean, being you know, being in radio as it's a very busy time is is retail and all these others. But look, it is the Christmas season. And I have a problem with Happy Holidays, to be honest with really? you. Really? Because yeah. it's holy it's, days. Right. It's Christmas, okay? Whether I celebrate it or not is irrelevant. It well, is Christmas. I, 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 disagree. I, I have to disagree. I'm sorry, Eric. Um, it's, there are a bunch of holidays around this season. Or at, the le- at the very least, there are two major holidays. I think that Ramadan, or not Ramadan, uh, 
Kwanzaa is kind of a made-up holiday, but if yeah. you want to celebrate I don't, I don't Kwanzaa, even count Kwanzaa, if to you be don't, honest. I, we don't. We're not black. Right. Um, but, I mean, there's probably some people out there that take Kwanzaa very seriously. I don't know. I, I'm sure somebody does. Yeah. Somebody must take it very seriously. Um, certainly people take Hanukkah very seriously. Well, And that's, that's the thing. Having grown up Jewish, it is not a major holiday. It's a relatively minor holiday that because of its calendar here in the, in, in, in the American, uh, all it is, Hanukkah is, for those of you who don't know, it's the celebration of a miracle. When the first temple was destroyed, mm-hmm. they wanted to light the eternal lamp. There was enough oil for one day. They sent a runner to get more. Mm-hmm. However, it took the runner eight days to come back, and that oil lasted for eight days. That is all that is. It's a miracle. Right. But, I mean, it's not this big <laughs> present thing in... in, in uh, in Israel, especially, and I, I think we had a previous call from there. It's not a huge deal. Hmm. It's it's only become Americanized into the alternative Christmas. I see. Well, Christmas is a huge deal to the Christians, and anything that is not Christmas is apparently a threat to them. Right. And anything that uses Christmas iconery symbolism. Uh, without actually being Christian is also apparently a threat, according to uh, Giraud. Quote. This is, uh, again, the woman who founded Operation Just Say Merry Christmas. Quote, The use of religious music, Silent Night, and the nativity set on the front porch in one scene are insensitive to Christians. Uh, what? <laughs> Excuse me while I fall off my chair. Right, because they set a, a horror movie during Christmas time. time. The movie happens during Christmas time. Mm-hmm. It's also being released on Christmas well, Day. What other soundtrack would you expect? Right. Uh, so apparently, because, apparently this woman, if she had her way, Wait. would ban any violent movies from being made about Christmas, which well, I guess would include on. Die Hard. And you know what she'd do? Is she'd jam that nativity scene up everybody's butt at Christmas time because they would have that. At, as far as she's concerned, you'd have it on every, every gov- public every yeah, square, library, every uh, government building. They'd have that darn nativity scene, and you know it just makes me crazy how they put these well, things remember, all all over on that town rabbi Commons. in Seattle at SeaTac Airport. He uh, he didn't like the Christmas trees, right? So he said, if you don't put an eight-foot menorah, I'm going to sue. So the airport took down the trees, and he they was did. He, he claimed he was appalled. That's not what I wanted. Well, maybe if you he would wanted ask, his eight-foot menorah, right? Maybe if you would ask politely, you know, instead of going and threatening with lawsuits, yeah. he might have gotten somewhere. Maybe so, but then again, the government only really understands right. force. So, and what yeah. it, it turns out is the airport didn't do it. These were the individual airlines who rent the space. So it was, even though technically SeaTac is owned by the Port Authority in Washington, mm-hmm. the individual renters, it's their property. They can do what they wish. Oh, Giro- they, they rent the space. So they yeah, they rent the gates from the, uh, from the airport authority. Giraud mm. said, it's not enough to ignore and omit Christmas, but now it is to be offended, insulted, and desecrated. Our most sacred holiday, actually a holy day, is being assaulted. How can you ignore it? It's being assaulted. Can you assault a holiday? 1-800-259-9231. You tell me. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and we are in the final segment of the Friday edition. Still enough time for your call if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231. That is 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. Hi, I'm Eric. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features there because they are all completely free. Now, if you like the fact that we give you all those features for free... Well, maybe you want to consider voluntarily supporting the show. It's up to you. You go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you can pony up as little as $3 a month to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Now, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The money that comes in, the $3 a month you're contributing, does not go to paychecks. 
That's why I told Eric he's not getting paid for coming in tonight. <laughs> um, because that money comes in and is turned right around into promotion for the show. We purchase internet uh, advertisements to get more internet listeners on board. But more importantly, we uh, buy inter, uh, industry advertising in major industry publications like Talkers Magazine. We do outreach, essentially, to other talk radio stations to spread this show, to get on more stations and thereby, by proxy, um, spread the message of freedom and liberty. And if that's valuable to you, then you really should head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn about the program. Learn about the perks that you get access to. You'll get access to the amplifier-only call-in lines, the amplifier-only forum, and some classic archives as well. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Talking about the war on Christmas. Yes, the Christians are upset because apparently, according to some uh, Christian activists, they are having to reclaim uh, Christmas. Apparently it's been conquered. Well, my my favorite is I did a segment on this yesterday. Uh, in fact, I think you were, you were listening to it. I often call and, in. Yeah, on your show. and and um, you're a chronic. I yeah. always I always hear these. Well, you know, there's this Christian conspiracy. That just I can't tell you how much that makes me laugh. Wait, the Christians are saying there's a conspiracy against them. You yes, mean? the Christians. A lot of Christians have this persecution complex. I don't get it. Well, they would like to be persecuted because that's how you get to be a martyr, and it's really great in their it's really great in their uh, religion. Maybe. But the fact is, but you remember the, the segment we were talking about? Yeah, the yeah. vast majority of Christians in today and um, or vast majority is not fair. There are a large number of Christians today in the United States that are in fact Pharisees. Um, they're not Christians at all. They uh, they mimic more what Jesus came to destroy, right. not what he came to create. And, and I've said on my show hundreds of times that the place you think you would find tolerance in a, in a house of worship is generally where you find the least. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really ironic. And they, they're the ones that position themselves as being all-loving and all-caring. But yet, when you come out as an atheist, some of them will just hate you for it. Right. You're, you're automatically condemned. Like, like you're, you're not quite human. Right. Well, you could have been human. For instance, if you're friendly with Christians and they don't know you're an atheist, and I'm not talking about all Christians. We've got a bunch of them in our sure. listening audience. They're liberty-minded Christians. They're awesome. I work with a, I work hand-in-hand uh, hand with Christians here in, uh, in the Free State Project. They're just great people. Um, but there's the, the Pharisee ones that you can be all friendly and uh, cool with them. They might know you on a business relationship or maybe you're uh, you know, the husband or wife of uh, you know, a, a, a devoted Christian, one of these Pharisee types, uh, or a, husband or wife of a son or daughter of one of these individuals. And they could think that you're just the greatest person. Until they, they find until out you're an atheist. you come out as an atheist and then their entire demeanor changes mm-hmm. towards you. The only you. thing worse is being Wiccan. I think that yeah. one just that one Maybe sends so. them into paroxysms of sorrow. Well, yeah, um, they hate that. <laughs> they, That's they a hate, great phrase. They Thank you. Because <laughs> it's like the the opposite of Christianity. You, um, but whereas atheists can't be convinced. You, you, I mean, you know, when, generally when somebody's an atheist, they are tried and true. You, they can't you can't convince them of anything religious because obviously they. You could convince me. Sure, show me some Where's, type of fact you might convince me. Bring sure. them down from the clouds. Right. I think that that's sort of the definition of uh, spiritual is that I mean, there aren't any we've been waiting facts. 2,000 years. What, is he stuck in traffic? <laughs> you know, if he's going to show up, let's go, man. Well, I can't really defend uh, Christianity because I'm not one. But, um, you know, the... When when you're an atheist, it, you just your whole life sort of flies in the face of what it is that they um, believe. You know, mm. you're you're walking around saying you're dumb Christians because you don't believe it. That's not what I tell them. No, no but no, we but don't think they're dumb. Feel. At least I don't think they're dumb. I was a Christian once. You were I a Jewish did. guy once. I was once. a Jew once. I decided it wasn't for me. Right. I, I have no use evidence. for organized religion. I think it's more of a business than anything else. I would concur completely. And that's why I you know that's why I don't subscribe to it. It's it's you're selling salvation. 
And that's fine as long as you know what you're buying, and very few people do. Mm. Are you a Christian who believes Christmas is under attack? Are you a Christian who feels persecuted? Because the last time I looked, I don't understand how they can feel like they've lost Christmas. The last time I looked, the vast supermajority of Americans identified themselves as Christians. That's right. Christmas is a huge holiday with tremendous uh, amounts of uh, commerce. People out there buying presents for friends and family members, even not, people who aren't Christians. Not to mention the Christmas. hundreds of radio stations playing Christmas music. Yeah, I mean, where's it, all the atheist music? <laughs> right, <laughs> and the the Christmas atheist music. That's a good one. Christmas music. Now, I'll grant you, there's a lot of Rudolph out there. There's a lot of sure. Santa Claus. Ho ho ho. Yeah, a lot but of it's a secular Christmas. But at the same time, those same stations are playing. Holy Night, oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. Little Drummer Silent Boy, yeah, all yeah. those very Christian-oriented songs. Right, there's one here, uh, the, the, the cluster I work with here in Keene. There's one in every market. Yeah, at just least about. One. Yeah, just about. <laughs> and I'm fine. I am fine with uh, private companies like radio stations celebrating Christmas and doing sure. what it takes to get absolutely um, listeners or um, people people coming in their store. But the Christians but you... aren't fine with private companies doing things that are not agreeable with Christmas. No. That's what this article was about. Absolutely. How dare Dimension Films release a Christmas-themed horror movie on Christmas Day? Well, How dare they? That's their attitude. I, 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 I get where you're coming from. The part that, that really rankles uh, me is when they... Go after the public space. We should be able to celebrate Christmas on public spaces. It's the town square. It's Christmas time. Yeah, if if it wasn't for that pesky First Amendment. Thing. Yeah, and especially you know I'm fine with the lights. I'm 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 yeah, not sure. I'm not crazy. Put up, I, I'm put fine up with a tree. Even a tree. Yeah, it's it's, but if it's you a put secular that nativity symbol. Scene, you put that nativity scene there. I want to take that little plastic baby Jesus and kick him on the that's top of the terrible. town hall. How dare you say something like that? Because he if doesn't they put belong a, there. That's mean. If they put a plastic nativity scene, you just simply go to the government. And you say, well, look, um, if you want to have this nativity scene up here, we're going to need to have this uh, flying spaghetti monster up as well. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a following now. I'm a big fan of this flying spaghetti monster. But that would be fair. See, the government has to be fair to everybody. So I want to get the – we need to have the Satanists come on board as well because they've (laughs) got to have like a a tricord or whatever it is that they have. The pentagram. Oh, wait a second. Pentagram, that's just a symbol for a cross. Now, if you want the the equality thing going, you need a whole plastic baby-sacrificing Scene for yeah. the Satanist. That's what you need to, to be able to, you know, to compete it, with a nativity yeah, scene. True, it would be yeah. That I mean, would like, a nice counterpoint. Yeah, it's like if you're a Christian, you want to put a manger scene on your front lawn. Knock yourself yeah, out. Yeah, please yeah. do. Great, but if, if it's on a public space, no, I got no problem with like the, the Christmas tree here in Keene. It's a secular symbol. Mm-hmm. I got no problem with it. But you know, if it's a public space, look, they, religion doesn't belong there. Right, and Period. I don't. I'm not offended at all when I see a nativity scene. There was a guy building no. one down the street. Yeah. great, man. That's your it's yeah. your property. You can put up whatever you want. But you can bet that if I was to put up, a, you know, the I'm not a Satanist. I'm not. But if I were to put up a uh, satanic sacrificial scene, <laughs> people would be outraged. If you, the outrage know, yeah. would never end. I don't You're know right. about this town. They do love Halloween here. They, that's Halloween true. The pumpkin, here, the pumpkin fest thing here is huge. And they might just think you haven't taken it down since October 31st. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to uh, the Catholic Cincinnati organization, I just did a Google search on this woman's name just to see if I could find anything else. Uh, Julianne, uh, what's her name? Whatever, Giraud is her last name. She's the founder, and she's actually co-owner of the Catholic shop in Madeira. Oh, what a surprise. Designed to encourage Christians nationwide around the world to once again proudly reclaim the Christ child in the central focus of the Christian season. 
Christmas season. According to Dan, the concept for the bracelets, they have these red and green wristbands. You know how these plastic yeah. bracelets are like oh, really hot Oh, yeah, my kid's now? got a ton of them, yeah. Well, now they've got a red and green one, which is uh, supposed to symbolize, apparently, according to Dan, uh, the idea came about last holiday season when customers would leave the store filled with religious items and wish them happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. The couple noticed that it was almost as if people had been... Condition. Well, you know they say that, that they way. say that um, Christian has been hijacked by the secularism. Well, the Christians hijacked Christmas from the pagans. They did. I mean, it was originally a pagan holiday. So, um, you know, they hijacked the symbols. They hijacked the time of year. Yeah. And, and the, I just wanted to jump yeah. in here. Uh, being in Europe in that week between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it is the whole week is a holiday. And that's where the whole holiday season came from, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. So with the happy holidays, and mm-hmm. somehow it's been morphed into this anti-Christmas statement where it was never designed to be that way. Dan says, we feel like God's hand has really been helping us along. In fact, they've sold uh, more than 40,000 of these wristbands, uh, these Jesus wristbands. More than 100,000 have been shipped across the United States uh, as of last year. And so as of this year, it's uh, 40,000. Jennifer recalled a tearful phone call from one woman who thanked her, who gave the wristband her, uh, said that the wristband gave her the courage to say Merry Christmas for the first time in a long time. It blew if, me away. If a wristband changes your life, you have issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that. I can see how the original yellow ones with the sure. ride hard or whatever. Live strong. You live strong. Lance Armstrong. And, uh, Lance Armstrong. You know, I mean, that guy did some amazing stuff. Sure. Recovering from um, cancer, you know, riding without uh, testicles or whatever it is they did. I'm amazed by that guy. All the rest of these r- rubber wristbands, they irk me. It's, it's business. It's been all it Ian is. here with you. I am Eric Scott. <laughs> and Mark. And Eric, I'm sure we're going to have you back. It's been a I lot will of fun. be back. It's I been a blast. No. We're <laughs> going to be back tomorrow night for the Saturday show. Join us then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 